before any of the current global ish happened, I wrote uh, a couple of blog posts for my job because we, you know we have a fairly popular blog for folks who are interested in remote work and 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 tech mm-hmm. and uh they you know we were in the editing process and stuff like that and they it was in the pipeline to get posted and then the shit hit the fan so all of our posts have been like here's how to work remotely like you know geared towards folks who are suddenly in a space where they have to find ways to work from home yeah and both of my posts were about working from home and they just went live. <laughs> so hey, good for you. Thank you. Yeah. So now I, I have I have uh, uh, bylines at, at work, which is fun. Uh, but I I logged into Twitter like five minutes ago, and the company's official Twitter account just followed me, and then just tagged me in a post about one of the things that I wrote. And so I was like, well. Uh okay, I don't really use Twitter for work stuff. Uh what's my what's my profile say? Like <laughs> what is my what is my bio? Uh and my bio, I mean it doesn't say anything bad, but like my bio is literally yeah. just like co-host of Yampod and podcast about egg. And I realized, oh, today's the day that my job finds out about my Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. <laughs> And immediately, immediately, one of my coworkers replied and was like, today is the day we pretend to be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) That Uh, is extremely on brand for you, my friend. So busted, I guess. I I gotcha. I just tried updating my profile to include literally anything else. And like, I've got, I've got nothing, man. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't talk about work really on Twitter. Yeah, I don't either. So I have, I, like, I have my pronouns. I have the podcasts that I do. I put math and sandwiches enthusiast because maybe that'll help explain, like, my name and my website a little bit. And I like both the sandwich.computer. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so that's a weird thing. That's funny, though. I have to resist the temptation to be a professional on Twitter because that's not I'm happen. just amazed that it took this long for them to find out about your Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't really talk about it. Like, I talk about the uh, about the egg one because that's a little bit more family friendly. I actually found out some of my coworkers listened to that one, which uh, made Lauren very uncomfortable because she's still trying to force herself to believe that nobody listens to it. It's weird when people you know listen to your podcast and they're like, "Hey, I listened to your podcast and I liked it the other day." Like, yeah, that is weird. What? I was I just think... having a conversation with my friend. I don't I don't know that you came into this at any point. <laughs> oh shit, the mics were on? <laughs> Tyler, you recorded that? <laughs> Am I being recorded? I think for me the thing is is like I don't really care who listens to it so long as it's not my mom or my grandma. Your mom just followed me on Instagram. That I mean that's probably fine, right? Yeah. Cause she's just going to be like, she's just going to like your posts. Cause you go to, you go on cool hikes and stuff, or you went on cool hikes when that was an option <laughs> in the before times, in the before times. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know that I could deal with like a message from my grandma being like, so explain Yu-Gi-Oh to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like grandma, no, it's just, it's just an excuse for me to re- like s- record myself swearing into a microphone. I don't know. <laughs> young mr wheeler sure is a knucklehead huh yes grandma (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, the here's grandma. Anyway, grandma, here's why trap cards are bogus. <laughs> okay, so uh, grandma, you've heard about trap cards. We've heard about monster cards. In this episode, we're introducing some monster trap cards. <laughs> What's that? I don't know why my grandma sounds that old. My grandma doesn't sound that old. Um, yeah. So that's my week. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Doing yeah. good. Feeling feeling better. Feeling better. I feel like I feel like we should probably be transparent with our listeners that we did miss two weeks. We did miss two <laughs> weeks. Sorry, everyone. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm I'm not sorry. Like we. Nobody pays for this podcast. No. Um, but like it was it was but I strange. Know people like listening to it. Yeah, yeah. It was it was strange for us because like I on the day of our originally planned recording, like I was super sick. And then on the next day, the rescheduled day, you got super sick. Yeah. I thought I had COVID, but I didn't. So Right, and you even went and got you were able to get tested. I was able to get tested, yes. So confirmed. I am confirmed to be one of the only people I know who definitely does not have COVID. So congratulations for that, I guess. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's a weird thing, like getting sick during a pandemic and having that anxiety of like, oh shit, is this it? (laughs) Yeah. Is is this the one? (laughs) Is this the thing? It's like uh, when I used to live in Oregon uh, and and before that living in California, like uh, anytime you feel a little little tremor, anytime you feel the building shake, you stop and you think, is this the big one? You know, it's crazy. Until I lived in Oregon, I never felt an earthquake before. Really? I had lived through several earthquakes. I just, for whatever reason, never felt them. Oh, wow. But it was just like two, three years ago, I was sitting at my desk in my old house in Portland, and I felt my computer start to wobble back and forth. Um, And I'm like, is that the laundry? It doesn't sound like the laundry machine. I don't hear it. Oh shit, it's an earthquake. <laughs> Damn. Well, I mean, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. <laughs> but we're here now. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I watched this episode, or these two episodes, rather, a full week ago. <laughs> yeah, same. Okay. So this is going to be an interesting one, but I think it's about time we made a podcast. I think it's about time we made a podcast, too. Hopefully... We can remember enough to actually talk about it. You know, we got notes. We'll be fine. We, we have notes, but usually my notes assume that I have it fresh in my mind. Uh, it, it, but we'll let's okay. see how it goes. <laughs> we'll be okay. It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 42 and 43, Mind Game, Parts 2 and 3. How about that? How about that? Mind Game. Two of them. <laughs> <laughs> but our, our plan worked out because I feel like 
the last episode set all this up and now we just have to like squish these two together into like one full episode oh absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's the thing that i've come to learn about three-part Yu-Gi-Oh episodes the first part you only really need to watch the recap of and the second part you only really need to watch because it recaps the first part yeah. So really what you need to do is watch episode two up until the intro and then watch the third episode. <laughs> Life hack. Uh, Jimmy, before we talk about the episode official, uh, and I know we had some, some sort of pre-roll bullshit, you have got some stuff in your notes that I want to talk about. Yeah. I've been back. I've been back on that Hearthstone bullshit, but you have been playing Final Fantasy fourteen still. Yes, I have. Tell me about the astro- astro- Astrologian. Thank you. Tell me about that class. Uh, I have in my notes here, the Astrologian class in Final Fantasy XIV is basically what if Yu-Gi-Oh was in D&D. It's a really interesting mm. concept because they're partially like healing, partially like ranged spell attacks. But the way it works is they have a thing called an astrolabe, which is just like a big spinning gyroscope. And around it are all these, like, floating tarot cards. Okay. They're just, like, spinning and orbiting around this thing. And the way it works is you randomly get a card that lets you cast different spells. Oh, And so you can try and, like, stack the deck a little in your favor so you get certain, like, types and classes of spells. But you basically, like, get a card, and then, like, above you, the card appears... And then you're able to use that to cast magic by reading these tarot cards. So, okay, but okay. So you said so you're able to stack the the deck, so to speak. So it's it's like a deck building sort of experience. How I guess I don't how know big how is the deck. I don't know how involved it is. Uh, it's not a class I've unlocked yet because oh, okay, okay. it's like in the DLC expansions. Gotcha. Uh, and I'm, not quite done with the the first part of the game yet i'm so uh, i'm so curious about the mechanics of that like i mean definitely let me know if you unlock it because like i oh, can I see it going really poorly if you if you if you don't know what the card what the spell is until after you click the command and you mm-hmm. end up like healing the boss instead of dealing damage i think if i'm guessing that it like works by um because you have all your spells right uh-huh. Um, I think it unlocks certain spells for a certain amount of time that you can then cast. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and you just have to keep drawing more and more cards until you can get your spells back. So instead of being on a cooldown, uh, it has cards. But I haven't actually Part played of the cards. it. It just looks super badass uh, for people to be running around with these like swirling vortexes of cards and then just being like pew and magic yeah. comes out. Yeah. I thought huh. people who listen to our podcast might appreciate that i feel like the world needs because it's basically just a fantasy dual disc yeah yeah I, I i i was about to say i feel like the world needs more like card based mmos but then i remember that's what dual links is <laughs> <laughs> so maybe 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 not <laughs> more well, that's rad links. that's really cool yeah you'll have to let me know how that goes when you uh when you unlock it i will definitely keep us updated Nice. How's Hearthstone going? Y'all, I'm back. I'm back on it. I went away for a while. I gave it up because because uh, I was trying. I was trying. You know, I was trying to rank right. I was trying to do well in Hearthstone. I was pretty good. Um, 
and I, I wanted to get back into a card game of some kind. I, I don't want to get back into Duel Links. And, and you know, we, we've talked about this. The fucking three gig download that it oh, won't yeah. let me do anything else while it's downloading. Completely frustrating. I wanted a, a, a phone-based card game. Um, I tried Gwent uh, is a standalone app now. You know, the, the Witcher card game. Witcher. That one's fine. Um, I have not looked into Elder Scrolls, the card game yet. I forget what that's called. But I, I was know. like, all right, fine. Hearthstone. I'll re-download it. And I re-downloaded it, and then it reminded me, hey, there is a bunch of single-player nonsense that you can play through. So they have these, like, story missions, basically, that you Mm -hmm. can play single-player instead of having to go into the the ranked battles against other people. And those are actually really cool, because they give you, like, okay, here are all the cards that you need to use, here's the character that you're playing as, uh, and it becomes just, like, a puzzle, basically. Uh, and there's actually one, let me see if I can open it up. This is going to be ancient news to anybody who's played Hearthstone before, because I, I know it's been around for years and years. But there's one that I've been really digging that's called, it's got a really bad name. It's like Agents of Boom or something. Um, <coughs> of course, now Hearthstone isn't going to load. Uh, but it is, effectively, you are a portal-style test subject that's like running tests for a mad scientist and it's just levels on levels on levels of like very specific uh puzzles that almost feel like chess puzzles in a way you know where the, the pieces are already laid out solve them with card games exactly yeah so that's been super fun um i i also i didn't i forgot to put this in the notes and i didn't think about it till just now i've also been really getting back into playing knights of the old republic Oh, uh, I've been I've been playing through one, and then I'm going to start two as soon as I finish. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of Pazak lately. Pazak, Pazak, however they pronounce it. I feel like each character pronounces it two different ways. Uh, and I had forgotten that it's basically just blackjack with modifiers. But Did you ever get Star into Wars. this? No, I never played. Oh Kotor. my god! What, Jimmy? <laughs> We need to okay. Stop I have the podcast. It on Steam. <laughs> Stop the podcast. Let's just play Kotor. Okay, bye. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. So Knights of the Old Republic introduces a Star Wars version of blackjack called Pazak, which is my preferred way to say it, even Pazak. though it sounds vaguely Klingon when you say it that way. Pazak. Meshak and Abednego. It's it's. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's basically blackjack, but what you do is you have, uh, your own sort of deck of cards, which you can go around the world and buy cards that are different number modifiers. So plus, uh, six all the way down to minus six. So you can have like a, a, a plus two card, a minus one card and a, uh, a plus or a minus two card. Um, and I, I think there are other rando things that they can do, but, uh, as you play every turn, the dealer deals you a card from their deck that is either one, uh, that is a number of one through 10. Hmm. And the goal is to get the total 
on the cards equal to or as high as possible without exceeding 20. So it's like blackjack okay. where you're trying not okay. to exceed 21. And your opponent's doing the same thing. But the trick is is when you go into the 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 match, you pick you can uh, shoot your opponent with a blaster. <laughs> that does come up. That does come up. Uh, but you can pick a, a side deck of 10 cards. So out of all the cards that you own, here are the 10 that you're going to take into this game. The, and one, then, you, the ones that you can choose and they're not random. Almost. So, so from those 10, when the game starts, you draw four. Oh. And then the game goes for three matches. So three attempts to get as close to 20 without going over. And those are the only four cards that you get for the entire game. So you have to be really selective about, okay, am I going to play the plus three now to get my 16 up to a 19 and maybe beat my opponent? Or am I going to save it for when I have a 17 and can definitely get to 20 and probably win that match? Oh, so you have to, it's like in the card game, you have to do that thing where you're like, I have all these potions. Should I drink one now or should I keep them for later? <laughs> yes, yes. And and the thing is, is like everyone in the world of Star Wars in this game sells Pizzat cards. So you can just be like talking to some random stranger and they'll be like, oh, hey, do you want to buy this plus three off of me? <laughs> and you have to think, well, I do have a hundred credits to spare. Sure. Why not? <laughs> And so I'm walking around with like a thousand Pizzat cards right now. Um, yeah. Imagine challenging Darth Vader to a card game. <laughs> right. And there's there's a thing is you can also bet on these games too. And I'm so, I, I'm sort of in the in the early part of the game still. And I'm so looking forward to getting to like richer planets because I'm playing a bunch of... <laughs> Just, just shitty backwater worlds. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing against a bunch of people in this like underground bar that only want to wager like 40 credits at a time. And I'm like, no, fuck that. I have a yeah. thousand some odd credits that I'm willing to lay down right now. <laughs> Screw you. Get me those Coruscant numbers. Right. So I don't know. I think you can go to the Sith world later on. I'm going to I'm gonna see if anybody wants to play Pizak there. <laughs> go and challenge the huts. Mm. There you go. Those are some big betters. Some whole so, high, high rollers. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I I have been I, sort of alternating between single player Hearthstone and spending all of my Knights of the Old Republic time playing Fazak. <laughs> <laughs> Every game you play, you're just finding the card game inside the regular game and just doing that instead. I I forget who pointed this out to me. Lauren must have said it. I play video games the wrong way. <laughs> I, I, there's always, especially in big games like this that have like the mini game that you can play, that is the thing that I will play rather than the real game. Like Stardew Valley, I hate playing Stardew Valley, but there's an arcade game inside Stardew Valley that I will spend (laughs) hours on. Well, hey, as long as you're having fun, I guess. I guess. As your crops wither and die. (laughs) Right. I get that I get that harsh whiplash back to reality and then I stop playing the video game. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's me. That, uh, is, that sounds like you. 
<laughs> I have been avoiding this because it has been so goddamn long since we've watched this, watched this episode. Uh, do you want to talk about the episode? Let's talk about the episodes. It's time to discuss the episodes. Jimmy, as I said at the start of the episode, we are watching episodes 42 and 43, Mind Game, parts two and three. We watched part one already. Part one is done. Part one is over. Part one. It's done so. Dunzo Washington. <laughs> uh, part one, like I said, is really all you need is the recap from this episode. And I, I think your note here summed it up really perfectly. The recap is, who's Taya? <laughs> we, when uh, last we met our heroes, <laughs> Mai was dueling Merrick. And he was like, ooh, magic time. And every time ooh, she magic loses... Time. <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> Uh, he declares a shadow game, so whenever Mai loses a creature in Duel Monsters, uh, she forgets someone she knows. Bum bum ba. And she forgot who Taya is. Oh no! She oh, forgot no. who Taya was to the point where she can no longer conceptualize Taya in the real world. She is invisible to Mai, uh, and only the faintest echoes of her voice reach Mai's ears. It's actually kind of neat because she. We see from her perspective, we look over at the group of people and where Taya is standing, it's just like the Predator's optical camouflage. Yeah, that's what it is. From Predator. Which is kind of menacing if you think about it that way. Mai is here on Earth and she is here to hunt humans for sport. No, Taya. Most danger- yes, Taya. Taya which, is here to hunt humans for sport. The most which, dangerous game. I mean, if we think about it this way, so the last time that we really interacted with Taya in this show, Taya uh, was temporarily mind-controlled? How, how did that work? Merrick said something about borrowing her body from time to time, which still doesn't sound Yeah, great. he has a back door into Taya's mind now. That's uh, not That he can just, like, good. take over whenever he wants. Cool. Great. <laughs> awesome and now so she definitely really is hunting people for sports <laughs> right <laughs> and she's completely invisible to my so I, this can only go poorly uh merrick opens this episode with maybe the best line yet where my is realizing that she has forgotten something who knows and merrick goes feeling lightheaded <laughs> <laughs> i see what you did there merrick and i appreciate it uh, yeah, and, and we recap basically everything that you just said. Uh, and we're still in the duel. Uh, yep. Merrick plays Mystical Black Pendant, uh, which is a spell that he equips to Makiura, if I remember correctly. Yeah. He says, he, this happens a couple times in these episodes, but he says it's an all-powerful magic card, the Black Pendant. You know, That's not I, what all-powerful means. Come on. I think... I think that what happened here is that Merrick recently took like a correspondence course in marketing. <laughs> and so he's really just beefing up kind of the He's the... his own Dex hype man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's all powerful, everything's unbeatable. And you know, if you say it loud enough, maybe people will believe you and just give up. Yeah. If it's all powerful, shouldn't he win instantly? But no, it just Raises attack by 500 points, which is, in the grand scheme of things, not that much. It's not that much, is the thing. Like, it's not nothing. It's not, it's, it's you know, it's better than peanuts, but, like, 
All powerful? No. Powerful? Maybe. (laughs) Quantifiably powerful? Yes. (laughs) In in some aspects, yes. Uh, What I love about... What I love about Mystical Black Pendant, though, is he plays it so dramatically, and then it's just like an almost romantic moment where you get a close-up of uh, Makiura's chest. And Makiura, by the way, is like Wolverine. <laughs> like, like yeah. picture, picture, like uh, uh, an all dressed in all black, sort of uh, like uh, like goblin-esque creature standing i don't know six foot tall with just wolverine claws just just standing there just hanging out and i then, had to look him up because i forgot what he looks like but yeah he's definitely just like metal wolverine yeah yeah it's it's wolverine with the metal cap from uh from super mario um but then you get this shot as Merrick is like, and now the our powerful mystical black pendant shall be bestowed upon my Makiura. Uh, and this sort of like loving, tender close up of the pendant appearing on Makiura's chest and like the little string sort of appears around its neck. It's like a very. Now, Makiura, keep this and think of me forever. I will be with you always. Makiura, I got you this necklace. It's half a heart. And if you opened it up, there's a photo of me inside. <laughs> and look, it says, it I says, have on my own person, my own pendant that matches the other side of the heart. <laughs> you are my, my betrothed. My pendant says, beh, fur. And your pendant says, tst, tst. <laughs> And when you put them together. Do you like this? I made it at summer camp for us. Makiura. Uh, so Makiura whips out the Wolverine claws, goes to attack Mai, but is stopped by... by Makiura, will you sign my yearbook? <laughs> I can't wait to see you at the end of summer. <laughs> Hang in there, big guy. Uh, I. You know what? I miss yearbooks as a concept i think because i only got one did you know this that's right we've talked about this so i, I was homeschooled right and so like never yeah, had a who high school... who's gonna sign it your mom <laughs> no right like not even my mom yeah. would sign it as a thing but my freshman year of college we had a college yearbook and that was the last year they did that kind of yearbook after that it was like here's a pamphlet where we just like got everybody's profile pictures from the internet and printed them out without your permission. <laughs> so I have one yearbook. You have and one no yearbook. no one signed it. <laughs> Granted, I didn't ask anybody, but no one signed it. Signing yearbooks is more of a high school thing than yeah. a college thing anyway. That's true. Uh, where are we going with this? Uh, Makira uh, snicks and goes to attack Mai, but is stopped by Mai's face down card that she played last episode, which is Amazon Archers. This is maybe my favorite visual on a trap card so far, because out of this tiny little playing card pop out no fewer than five full grown women <laughs> carrying bows and arrows. Pointed right at Makira. It is a good shot. It's a pretty good trap uh, card. 
they they stop Makiura and I believe take its attack points back down. So yeah, it, they reduce its attack by five hundred, which just counteracts the black pendant. Oh oh no! But so much for your gesture that, of love, Merrick. Yeah, uh, and so that means that uh, Makiura's attack power is now lower than whatever Maya had out. Uh, the unfriendly Amazon. Amazon. Unfriendly Amazon. That was it. Unfriendly um, Amazon is still such a bonkers card to me. <laughs> it can't attack unless it's the only monster on your side of the field. So it just, I don't know. All right, cool. You want to be Schwarzenegger last standing out there? All right, go for well, it, she, dude. Be she my does. Guest. <laughs> uh, she destroys the Predator. Uh, and um, she destroys it. And so now, because they're still in a shadow game, it affects Merrick too. And now Merrick has to forget someone. And he just... Right forget strings remember strings i i do i remember really liking strings merrick doesn't <laughs> yeah he says something along the lines of like thanks for that i don't care about anyone yeah merrick thanks my because he has literally nobody in his life that he cares about he's just like another henchman of mine who lost a duel i don't give a shit thanks now this does bring up an interesting question that i, I kind of had when when my forgot about taya is there like an order in which these memories are lost or is it just random? That's a great question. And I don't think we'll get an answer to that. I think it's someone that they must have seen recently because otherwise Merrick would just be like, now my Valentine, you forget. And then like a roulette wheel comes up and he's like, you forget that cashier at the gas station at one time <laughs> when you were 11. Right, exactly. You forgot Todd Pendergast, the <laughs> boy who uh, uh, threw a booger at you in the third grade. <laughs> Do you remember your, that guy in the other class who tripped on the playground and his pants fell down? You forgot that. And Mai's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so it has to be like a recent sort of, uh, sort of interaction, right? Like some, something yeah. significant. But, uh, okay, I random within that is fine. You would think that Merrick would be one to be choosing who she forgets. You would think, right? You would think. And I was wondering to myself as I watched this, who could my make uh, Merrick forget that would be effective on him? And the person I came up with was Merrick himself. Because there's two boys in there. There's Merrick and Yami Merrick. There's two boys in that boy. She would be able to win instantly by making the Merricks forget each other. Oh shit! Okay, they that's would so have much... no idea what's going on. Okay, you and I were on similar line, lines of thinking because I was trying to think like who who would it be convenient for Mai to forget? And I was like, what if Mai forgot about Merrick? That she's she just was... standing in a duel. <laughs> Like, not being able to finish the duel, like, huh, oh, well, I guess I win, bye. All right, see ya. <laughs> and, like, who's to say that's not how it would go? Yeah. That would be completely within her rights at that point. But, yeah, damn, if Merrick forgot Merrick. He would just go crazy sharing his mind all the time with someone he cannot, like, he, like he knows is there, but he couldn't be able to see who they are. He would just well, break down. Well, it depends. It depends. What is... Okay, we're going to get deep here for a second. What defines Yami Merrick's sense of self? 
Does yeah. Yami Merrick identify with the body that he inhabits, or is he aware of the fact that he is an ancient spirit trapped within the body of a young man? Would he for if he forgot Merrick, would he forget that entirely? Would he stop being able to see the body that he is inhabiting? <laughs> <laughs> he would think he is a ghost and just like walk smack into a wall. <laughs> Damn, I'd watch that episode. That would be a good episode. That would have been such a good episode. But no, he just forgets strings. Yeah, which... Sir, uh, <laughs> not appearing in this film. Yeah, and like strings' whole thing was kind of to be a blank slate anyway, right? Like, Yeah. That's really the only reason you have a mime in this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so Merrick, uh, yeah, Merrick just says, okay, you know what? If I had the choice, I would just lose all my memories anyway because fuck all y'all haters. Uh, Makira's death, uh, there's there's a, a sort of a dead man's trigger on Makira, and that deals 500 damage to Mai uh, directly. A lot of 500 a... being tossed around. That's yeah. That's the side effect of the black pendant, I think. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and it lets Merrick play a trap card straight from his hand. So he plays a uh, rope of life, which uh, is the the rope trick, I guess. The like Indian rope trick. I guess, yeah. Where like a, a spectral rope appears and like goes whoop up into the nothing and brings back down. Uh, Makira and uh, so Makira is back to life and Rope of Life gives it 800 more attack bada bing bada boom Makira kills unfriendly Amazon turnabout is fair play yep uh, but... who does Mai forget about this time now that another monster has died <laughs> Joey Wheeler hey hey forget about it no don't forget about me <laughs> Oh, she does forget about it. Oh, I didn't she think does of that. forget about it. She which does. Is so that's a little sad, you know. Like they're 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 friends now, and and uh, Joey is is. I mean, Joey was kind of a dick to her the last couple of episodes, but they're yeah. they're good friends. They made up. We they get re- a, they realize the importance they have to each other. Yeah, and Maya's like, "Wow, I feel so alone, just like I did in my past." <laughs> flashback <laughs> we get like a dreamy flashback of my as a child uh moving around a lot because of her father's work i think she says does she say what her father does for work no apparently it's uh pays pretty well though because she we get a shot of her as a kid in this like big mansion uh yeah just a big empty mansion though um, and she's like staring out the window as a little girl as like the rain beats down on the window all alone. The flashback has like a weird Victorian vibe. Yeah. She's in like a, like a, you know, like a like frilly a, dress. Yeah, like a petticoat. Yeah. Maya's actually like 150 years old. Right. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to phrase that question. Yeah. How old is my really? Um... Seventeen. How long have you been seventeen? <laughs> um, so we 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 get that shot, and then we get a more modern flashback, a more recent flashback, where we go to her first job, 
where she was still alone, but she had dual monsters to keep her company because her first job was as a dual monsters card dealer on a cruise ship. Uh, and dealer may be the wrong term. She was a a hired duelist, is what yeah. it appears to be, because she is there dueling against men in suits at like a craps table. Yeah, like a casino, but with Yu-Gi-Oh. Can you imagine Which... if Real Cruises had dedicated Yu-Gi-Oh players? All the Fuck like, yeah, that would have been my first job out of college. <laughs> you kidding me? All these like retired boomers going on cruiser cruises, and then they just like for entertainment play dual monsters. I mean, okay, you know how a lot of people talk about like if I had a million dollars, I'd I'd buy a, a big house or whatever. No, fuck that. Yu Gi Oh cruise, cruzio. <laughs> I would love, I would love to have a cruise where. Instead of instead of like a like an on deck casino or whatever, you got your Magic the Gathering, you got your Yu Gi Oh, you got your uh, Dungeon Dice Monsters. I am running out of <laughs> card game names. You want a um, floating Comic Con? Is what you want? Kind of, yeah, yeah. But that would be such a cool job to be like a professional duelist. Just hire a bunch of like. Yu-Gi-Oh! duelists and like Magic the Gathering players who've won tournaments before just bring them on to duel people. Yeah, and and it doesn't even have to be like uh you know I mean in in Yu-Gi-Oh! There's a lot of like personal pride around having your own deck of cards, right? But what if you had just like a company deck? You had the company cards, the assigned company cards. You had like a pre-built deck that was such and such a tier, right? So people would know okay well here's approximately how difficult this duel is going to be you can bet some sort of imaginary you know star chips or whatever i think that would be really fun battle city but on a cruise yeah the the battle boat but bodal city (laughs) battle boat 2020 (laughs) maybe not 2020 maybe not 2022 (laughs) yeah sure sure uh, um, but yeah, yeah my my uh didn't know any friends on the cruise. Uh, her only friends were her harpy cards, uh, which, which is kind I of mean, sad. It is a little sad. I mean, I'm sure it's it's difficult. I'm sure to make friends with like the people that you live and work with if you're on a cruise because you're kind of just stuck with these people. Yeah, and I don't know. I. I would imagine it's probably difficult to be like, yes, allow me to form bonds and then slowly realize that I hate these people that I'm stuck with. <laughs> Too bad we're stuck on this boat for the next six months together. Whoops. <laughs> and especially if Mai's already used to moving around, like she's probably just doesn't have that in her to like form yeah. lasting human connections, right? Like that's going to take some some learning on her part. Uh, but she does form a human connection because the first time she feels k- friendship was meeting Joey and Yugi on the boat to Duelist Kingdom. Hey, another boat-related memory. <laughs> a lot of boats in my life. Yeah, huh, who would have thought? I ship it. Uh, 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 yeah, so, um... So sorry, flashback to reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oop, um, gravity. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, so Joey realizes that Mai is forgetting Joey. Yeah, and she she can feel this happening. And Merrick has, I think, one of my favorite lines here. He says, "No one said shadow games were pleasant." <laughs> No, no, that's true. No one did. Uh, Joey, at some point, as he realizes that Mai is forgetting about him, says, "Hey, how could you forget a mug like this?" And then he like poses. Classic Joey. Classic Joey. Um, Merrick's like your your memory of Joey has been erased, and Mai's like who? And Merrick says, <laughs> uh, uh, "Joey Wheeler, you know that guy over." Ah, oh, fuck. Never mind. That's that's the thing. That's what bothers me about this. I just realized <laughs> the, <laughs> the impact of forgetting people when you lose cards only lasts while there's still a little bit of memory left. Yeah, and then it doesn't matter. And then it doesn't matter anymore, and he can't keep being like, ah, ha, ha, you keep forgetting about people. Because Mai's just going to be like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. There <laughs> no, were I people haven't. that I'm not remembering? No, I remember everything perfectly clearly. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. What the hell are you talking about? The Curses! only way this has an impact is if it's an imperfect system or it takes forever to forget people. It kind of Which does is take just like real life. To forget people. <sighs> Damn it, I can't gloat. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. I finally realized what bothered me about this episode. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so, okay, so at this point, Yugi says, you know what, if Merrick is going to use shadow powers to hurt Mai, I'm going to use shadow powers to help Mai. And he dives into his own soul and uses his shadow powers to penetrate Merrick's barrier. Apparently there was a barrier. Uh, and he enters Mai's mind, which, for the record, I think he needed to ask consent for, but desperate times. Yeah. He does have a good line here where he says, two can play at this shadow game. I mean, technically three or four. Yeah. If you count you all can... the boys involved. There are multiple <laughs> boys and boys at this point. There are stacks and stacks of boys. We have dueling Matryoshkas. <laughs> it's duelists all the way down. <laughs> uh, so Yugi appears in Mai's mind and tells her to not let the illusions distract her. These are all just illusions, Michael. Uh, Mai says that she feels alone, but she hears a familiar New York accent yeah. comforting her <laughs> and encouraging her. Yeah, I'm walking here. <laughs> what does he say? He says something uh, vaguely. Ooh, Joey or Yugi? Joey. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, it's it's something. It's it's probably Just, even. Hey, you got this. I'm here with you. Something along those lines. Uh, but he Yugi encourages Mai to not be distracted by losing the memory of her friends because she just has to win and she'll be returned to normal, which is not that comforting. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no pressure, Mai. Uh, this is only the most important duel of your life because if you lose, um. There, there goes the neighborhood. You forget all the human connections you've ever made. Well, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what the point of this scene was, because nothing Yugi did was impossible without magic. Yeah, he could have just shouted. Yeah, he could have just said this instead of using mind powers. He did that for the entirety of the last episode, and it worked just fine. <laughs> I guess it served in pissing off Merrick a little bit. 
Yeah, like, and, and you know, and I like this uh, this sort of determined side of, of Yami Yugi coming out, right? Of being like, all right, fuck this. I have magical powers, and by golly, I will use them. <laughs> you have forced my hand, Merrick. Now I'm going to shout from closer. <laughs> from inside the mind. <laughs> the encouragement is coming from inside the mind. Uh, so my, my is like, all right, fine. I'm not alone. Bring it on. Let's, let's duel this. Uh, my then plays the Amazon chain master card, a card that we've talked about before on the show in attack mode. Uh, then a card face down, uh, chain master is weaker than Makira at this point, but the face down card is likely a trap. So it's kind of just one of those. She also looks way lamer than her card art. Which is kind of sad because we see the card art there in the show when she plays it. And then the actual yeah. monster comes out and it's just disappointing. She looks like, and I'm really glad that I wrote this down because I would have definitely forgotten this. She looks like a leathery Wilma Flintstone. <laughs> like picture Wilma Flintstone just made out of wallets. Yeah. Whereas and that's Amazon Chainmaster. The card art was, she was way more ripped and like buff as hell. And like had all and these dynamic, cool dynamic, yeah. Here she's just this kind is of just standing there. She might as well be t posing. <laughs> just a uh, just a, a wet towel, <laughs> right? Uh, Merrick plays a, a card called Holding Arms, which are kind of like Millennium manacles. Yeah, they're just clamps. Yeah. Manacles uh, with a chain on them that stops the Amazon from attacking for three turns. Yeah, they, they like float over and they grab uh, uh, Amazon Chain Master's arms. Yep. Or wrists? Wrists. Wrists. Uh, and, and Merrick is like, uh, I'm I'm just playing the game as originally intended. These shadow games are the the true tradition. <laughs> Which, like, fuck you, dude. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yugi so, even says No go ahead uh, My calls Merrick a wacko For doing this and then Merrick is that's just like Laughing you. insanely <laughs> but That's why I, w- I was pausing for a second because I had in my notes So Yugi said you're insane and I was like No there had to have been a better line there <laughs> No okay it was my saying you're a wacko <laughs> <laughs> uh, And no and his His response his response is, is He laughs yes but then he says Why is that because I duel with the powers of ancient magic. Yeah, dude, that's it. You nailed yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that is why you're a wacko. And Yugi uh, is like, forget these mind games and just duel. Like you're one to talk, Yugi Moto. <laughs> right. <laughs> we have literally, literally in the first episode, we saw you break a guy's mind with magic powers. Yugi Moto canonically incapable of forgetting about the mind game <laughs> uh my activates her face down card which is grave arm uh it destroys amazon chain master it like pulls it it drags her to hell uh but she gets to take a card out of merrick's deck i guess just name a card and take it out of merrick's deck uh so she's like all right merrick i get to pick any card out of your deck here we go can you guess what i'm gonna pick can you guess can you guess here it is, Winged Dragon of Ra. <laughs> My grabs Winged Dragon of Ra out of Merrick's deck. 
Hey, you remember that one card you've been making such a fucking big deal about? Here we go, <laughs> bud. It's mine now. <laughs> the entire point of this whole duel was to just look at some of these cards. Well, yoink. Whoop. That's mine now. Uh, yeah. Honestly, truly amazing play from mine. That this is was maybe one the best move. Hell of a play. Cementing my status as the smartest person in this show. Abso-fucking-lutely. Uh, Kaiba, we cut back to Kaiba. Kaiba's still here. Uh, Kaiba considers whether Mai is actually going to be able to play the Winged Dragon of Ra now that she has it. And as he contemplates it, the only reason I, I really point this out is we get maybe the best shot in the episode. I saw the screenshot a, you put in here. It's a split screen where... Half is uh, sort of the right half of, of Kaiba's face, and the other half is a, a you know a, a medium shot, I guess, of Mai. But the the dividing line is Kaiba's hair. <laughs> so his like a lock of his hair goes into the right side of the frame. And then it, you see like a bit of his nose, and then it also moves the line for his lips. So it's sort of the contours of yeah. his face. Like if he was in the... shadow, like yeah. that, the shadowed half of his face. It's such like a noir, like, this is something you would see in a movie. This is yeah. not something you see in Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> so that was really good. It's pretty good. Uh, Mai plays uh, two cards face down at this point and then plays Amazon Fighter in attack mode. I think she's going like for just increasingly more boring Amazon cards at this point. Uh, Makira goes into attack again, I guess. Uh, but Mai plays the Amazon Magician, which is a... I think that's a trap card that swaps Makira's attack points with Amazon Fighter's attack points. So uh, Makira dies instead. Because Makira died, Merrick forgets another person that he doesn't care about, Arcana. Remember Arcana? Fuck that Barely. guy. Barely. Bye. <laughs> I he's gone. I legitimately watching this episode. I had like uh, a, a sudden realization that I did remember Arcana. Like I had pushed that from my mind, and it was being brought tumbling back. And I wish that I could forget. <laughs> You remembered him so you can forget him. Uh, so, all right. Arcana's gone. Merrick's like, whatever. Cool. Um, bye. Merrick plays Card of Last Will, which lets him draw five. Does he discard his card? His hand, I mean? I think uh, not yet. Okay, so he draws five cards. It has some pretty In good art. It's a hand rising out of a grave. And the hand is holding these five cards. Oh, I forgot about that. That's nice. That's helpful. It's pretty neat. Pretty badass. Uh, he also plays Nightmare Wheel, which is my <laughs> favorite Wheel of Fortune spinoff. Nightmare Wheel uh, is a... God, how would you describe this? It's a giant wheel. It's I a mean, big wheel. Does what, it, does what it says on the tin. But it, like, rolls over Amazon Fighter and, like, straps it in. It's so like Amazon a, Fighter is on the rim of the wheel as it spins. It's like some weird medieval torture device. Yeah. But a wheel. And, there, it's the, like, the wheel is on... It's being held by, like, this dragon bones or something. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it, you know, it's got to fit the nightmare description, right? Yeah. Uh, my plays rescue well, sure. operation. Sure, a lot of women getting tied up in this episode, huh? Sorry, Lauren. Lauren was. What was I learned? A Catherine wheel. A Catherine wheel is what it's called, Jimmy. Did you Thank know you, this? Local the nightmare torture wheel. expert. Local torture <laughs> expert, Lauren. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, a Catherine wheel. Okay. It was. It was a real oh, thing. Yep. That I sounds just horrible. It and it's gross. I don't like it. Nope, I do not like that. Uh, my play is, luckily, before we get too much of this, my play is Rescue Operation, which frees Amazon Fighter from the trap. Then she plays uh, another monster from her hand, thanks to the effect of this card, uh, and she plays Cyber Harpy. Still not very cyber. Not super. I don't think the makers of Yu-Gi-Oh! know what cyber means. <laughs> There's a lot of cyber cards. Very few of them I would describe as cyber. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so she plays Cyber Harpy, sort of her signature card. Uh, she then draws and plays Graceful Charity, which lets her draw three more cards. So she's kind of doing the same thing that uh, that Merrick just did, just getting yeah. a shit ton of cards in her hand. She drew, it turns out, the exact card that she needed. Because remember, to summon Winged Dragon of Ra, she needs three monsters out on the field. And right now she has two. Uh, she drew and plays Elegant Egotist, which is the card that turns Cyber Harpy into the Harpy Lady Sisters. Uh, it's like a Harpy a Pinata. Cool... <laughs> there's a there's a pretty cool sequence actually when she plays it. She does like sort of the the you know the twirl and the flourish and whatever playing it. Uh, and she says, "Let's give a big battle city hello to the Harpy Lady Sisters," because apparently this. One card makes her talk differently. <laughs> she does it like she's a like she's a radio host. It's very nice. Well, I would be uh, getting a little theatrical too if I was about to do what Maya is about to do. Yeah, and it looks real cool, right? Like, okay, here's there goes the cyber harpy. Oh, here are the harpy lady sisters. They do their flourish, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, blamp, all sacrificed. Wow. <laughs> she sacrifices all of them to summon. The Winged Dragon of Ra. Thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very frightening. The whole nine yards we've seen. The whole nine yards we've seen before. of Just like actual lightning striking the blimp. Very dangerous. It's magnifico. My plays the Winged Dragon of Ra. What Uh, a twist. (laughs) Jimmy... There's quickly revealed to be an issue here, though. Can you please describe to me what the Winged Dragon of Ra looks like? It comes out and it's a big ball? Yep. (laughs) Yep, there are no wings, no dragon. There's no real dragon, no real wings. It's just a big orb. Uh Uh-huh. Of course, Ra is a big chicken, so it has to hatch first. Oh, there you go. Okay, yeah. See, I thought, I thought, oh, interesting crossover. Wing Dragon of Ra is actually a Bakugan. <laughs> it, it, uh, it's from Metroid. It got the morph ball. Oh, there it is. There it it's is. Okay, up. cool. So now it's just gonna lay a bomb, and uh, that'll be its attack. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there it is. It's a big old ball in the sky. And nobody really knows what to do with that. Everyone's just like, yeah, everyone's just like, what the fuck? Why is the winged dragon of Ra a big ball? And then that's the end of the episode. 
to be continued. <laughs> Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? My favorite part of this episode was, as usual, my proving she is the smartest character in the show. Amen. I was not expecting her to straight up steal the winged dragon of Ra and play it in the same episode. That is a hell of a move. That, yeah. I did wow. not see that coming. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's such a great strategy. It's sort of proving wrong what I said earlier, because I, I forgot this happened when I said what I said earlier about the second episode being pointless. This is maybe the only second episode that I recommend watching. Yeah, this is pretty good. What was your uh, was your best? I I love there's a there's a scene we kind of talked about it. So Yugi's like, all right, if Merrick's gonna use his shadow powers, I'm gonna fucking use my shadow powers. God damn it! And I forgot to say it at the time, but the thing that Merrick says when Yugi does the whole uh, charging up my psi powers. Uh, Merrick says, uh, I I didn't write down the line, but he says something along the lines of like, uh, you know, oh, I look at you making you berating me for using my shadow powers, but here you are using your shadow powers to do something as petty as helping your friend who's better than, than who, uh, and, and, you know, really just kind of calling out Yugi for like, uh, being such a, such a shadow power naysayer. Yeah. He's such a hypocrite. And in fact, that was my worst, was Yugi getting all upset at someone for using ancient magical powers to mess with someone's mind. It's the height of hypocrisy, and Merrick was right to call him out on it. He was playing the game as originally intended, as using these ancient monsters to fight each other. The card game is just like modern trappings on it, just dressing it up. This is how it was actually supposed to be played. It's not Merrick's fault that nobody has shadow powers anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's not Merrick's fault. He's just doing playing the game as intended. And Yugi is a real asshole for getting mad about that when we've seen him use his powers to like wreck people's minds and make them think they're on fire and like <laughs> all that awful yeah. stuff let's, from season let's zero. Not, let's not forget that episode one... Yugi takes a bit of Kaiba's soul and makes a juggalo out of it. <laughs> he does do that. And Yugi's getting all upset about this when he has been doing the same thing he, the whole time. Is it Let, in the same? Uh, it's not in the same spirit, but, you know, it's still shadow powers. Just because yeah. Yugi is the good guy in this scenario. <laughs> this Those powers are still shadowy. <laughs> Don't hate the player, hate the uh, game. The shadow game. (laughs) Let ye who is without shadow powers cast the first stone. Uh, What was your worst? Uh, You know, we've been over this before, but are the god cards just fucking Calvin Ball at this point? Like, isn't there supposed to be card text or some sort of consistency to how this card works? Because... In the what two episodes ago, when Odeon tried summoning that winged dragon of raw, granted that was a fake, he used this whole temple and there was a box and and there was a thing, but then it actually appeared and there wasn't a ball. But now there's a ball, like yeah. And previously, the winged dragon of raw was mad at him and so punished him. Yeah, like aren't there supposed to be rules to this somewhere? Is there a book we can consult? <laughs> Someone call Pegasus. 
Someone get Pegasus in the horn. <laughs> oh, hi, Pepper. Pepper's in the room. Oh, hi, Pepper. Where's that good boy? Show me the so weed. He's, he's doing that thing where he comes right up to me and he whines at me. You might have been able to hear that. That I was can a pretty hear good that. one. Uh, and I'm like, okay, cool. You, do you want to like come up on my lap? Do you want to sit on my lap? And I'm going to pick him up. And then he backs away like six inches. And I think he's he just like, wants to play. He's like, no, I want you to come down here on my level. Here he four is. inches nice from the ground. Him. Well, the podcast listeners can't see him, but Jimmy can see him. But there's that sweet boy. He, he has been loving having both of us home for oh, over a month now. I, I bet he really enjoys having. <laughs> yeah, I bet he really enjoys having Lauren home twenty four seven. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He uh, no longer he bothers me while I'm at work. <laughs> now he just bothers Lauren. Exactly. What a big baby. Uh, Jimmy, I realized I, I forgot something. Usually at the top of the episode we do this, but I forgot to read the translated title of this oh, yeah. episode. There's a summary as well, but I'll, we'll skip the summary of this episode because we just did it. Uh, the translated title for this episode is pretty good. It was Capturing the God Card. Which, Spoilers. Uh, is, is what happens, yes. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Mind Game Part 3. The third. Uh, the translated title for this episode is Mystery of the... How do you say this word? Hi- hieratic? Hieratic? I don't know. I don't know if I've seen Mystery this of the Hieratic Text. I have no idea how to say that word. Uh, the summary is Yami Merrick recites the ancient text and summons Ra. With his victory, he... Whoa, spoilers. Jesus Christ. Yeah. With his victory, he banishes Mai to the Shadow Realm where he plans to torture her for all of eternity? Yeah, sorry, everyone. This episode goes dark. All right, well, this podcast is over. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this episode opens with Merrick explaining to Mai... That yes, indeed, there is card text on the Winged Dragon of Ra, and Mai should try to read it. Mai tries to read it, but it's in ancient Egyptian. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yeah, Winged Dragon of Ra is a giant gachapon. There's some kind of critter in there. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be able to get it out at some point. You just gotta, you just gotta, you know, unlock the code. You yeah. gotta, you gotta listen to the radio program with your decoder ring. <laughs> And uh, drink more Ovaltine. Yep. Like it's two like, people get that joke. Uh, I get that so joke. Y- oh, good. <laughs> One person will get that joke. Uh, Yugi realizes that uh, the text on the card is not your average card text. It is an ancient recitation uh, that if Merrick recites, the dragon will uh, arise and obey Merrick instead of Mai. Yep. It so is my did all this hard work. To activate this card, you need to chant. <sighs> Tyler, the Winged Dragon of Ra is a Ma- Magic the Gathering unset deck card. Are you familiar with the undecks? Uh, that sounds familiar, but I can't... I've probably explained exp- it on the show before. But Please. There are certain uh, releases in Magic that are basically jokes, and they all start with a prefix un, like unstable, that kind of thing. But they're all, a lot of them have like goofy conditions that you have to meet in order to play it. Uh, gotcha. For example. I, I was about to say, I was about to say, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! also has releases that are jokes and it's all of them. Got them. Zing, zing, zing. 
Uh, but okay, so the un deck in the magic. Uncat, there's all kinds of weird cards in there where you have to like play a rock, paper, scissors to see who wins, or you can uh, like play hangman or like bring in a card from outside of the game. And I think at some point someone was able to use that in a tournament to like bring in Exodia and win a, a magic <laughs> tournament with Exodia. What? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So all kinds of bullshit like that. And this suits that perfectly where you have to chant an ancient Egyptian in order to use this card. Well, yeah. Whoever chants first gets the card. Yeah. It, you know. It's nonsense. It's, it's not great. It's not that horrible. Doesn't belong in a card game. Right. It it's not the <laughs> worst rule. It's silly. But it's maybe my least favorite. <laughs> Chant at this card and gain control of it. Doesn't matter who you are. Any anybody who who is near this card that says the words can take control. Doesn't even matter if you're in the duel. But it pisses me off that like mine did all this hard work, right? Like she yeah. played the card that let her take the 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 card out of the deck, and she like summoned three monsters and sacrificed them. Like she did all the legwork, right? And now this fucker is just gonna like say the the Cthulhu chants or whatever. <laughs> He's gonna do the Macarena, and like now the Winged Dragon of Ra's his again. Well, what do you fucking do? Yeah, and it's like, and Maya's like. Wait a minute, when I played this card, it didn't have all this freaking text on it. All these hieroglyphics. What the hell is going on here? God, I forgot about this. Yes. <laughs> and meanwhile... There's an explanation for that. We're getting there. There's a lot of that happening. But on the other side of the arena, Kaiba and Mokuba are standing there. And Kaiba's like, what the fuck is this? I've never heard of something like this. Mokuba, go downstairs, use our satellite camera to take a picture of the card text and start translating it from ancient Egyptian. <laughs> yes, Mokuba, go use Google real quick. <laughs> use our Kaiba Corp satellites to look at this card from orbit. Instead of just using the data from the hologram system that you designed? Yeah, I, yeah, right? Like, there's got to be easier ways. But no, Kaiba, go, go commandeer a satellite real quick. Is it like the Matrix where there's just so much information that you can't process it? Maybe? I, you it's, know, I it's hard know. to tell. Like, doesn't Kaiba also have... Like people at like a headquarters somewhere who are already looking at the satellites, couldn't he just do the the communicator beep boop yeah. and call them? Like instead of making your like six year old brother do it. I mean, to be fair though, Mokuba is like he, his calves are going to be amazing. Yeah, he's been <laughs> this running... kid has been doing nothing but running around the city for like twelve episodes. He's been running around on rooftops as freaking Batman. Taking down rogue duelists. Um, but we are only four minutes in. This episode has gone completely off the rails. God. <laughs> yeah, this episode is just nuts. Uh, I love... I, I just want to say real quickly, though. I love the shot when they cut to Kaiba here right before he tells Mokuba to go look up the, the thing. Because you could so clearly just, like, take that freeze frame make it black and white and play the like, what kind of fuckery is this? You know, <laughs> um, uh, he is, he is conf Confucian. He, he mad. 
Um, and Merrick explains that the card text is written in an ancient script known only to high-ranking Egyptian duelists. Not even just ancient Egyptians. It's like a secret code that only like high-level priests know. And he's you're like, just not elite, man. <laughs> you just don't. You're just not in our secret society. But I bet Kaiba can read it. Actually, a lot of people on this blimp can read it. So, <laughs> but you can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Wait. So what's the what's the deal there? So he's like, okay. So it's a it's a secret script used only by hierarchy members. Blah blah blah. Then he's like, but I bet you Kaiba can read it. Kai, what? And he explains that it's because like Kaiba has a, a connection to ancient Egypt. Does he have like Assassin's Creed style <laughs> genetic memory? DNA memory? Yeah, like genetic genetic recall. Also, we mentioned Assassin's Creed this episode, so take a drink. Yeah. Um Yeah. Like a lot of people on this blimp are like high ranking Egyptian duelists. So I, yeah, it, okay. If take you your use pick. that broad connection of like in a past life you were in ancient Egypt. But that yeah. doesn't mean that they know that they took a a, a uh, they, they want to do a lingo about this, <laughs> right? Like, no, that's the bullshit. owl pops up and it's like, remember to study your ancient cult li- <laughs> lingo. God, but let's hold on. Of the people on this blimp who could read this, let's see: Merrick, Odion, Yami Yugi, mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, Kaiba. Uh-huh. Let's see who else. Oh, uh, Ishizu's on here. Ishizu's on the boat. Yeah, that's like five people so far. Uh, Yami Bakura. Yami Bakura. Oh yeah, Bakura's on here. Yeah, six people. That's a lot of people uh, who would be able a... to understand this ancient Egyptian writing. That's over one third of the people who are on this boat. That's is that half? That's that might be half. Like most of the people in the world who could understand <laughs> this language are here on this blimp. Uh, Shadi's here somewhere. Oh yeah, you know that motherfucker's hanging around. <laughs> Where'd that fucker go? He's somewhere. Who who knows? Seven I'm people. invisible. Look at me, or don't. I forgot he was here. To be honest. Yeah, you're better off. Uh, uh, yeah. That's you know, if you're gonna bring a, if you're gonna bring a secret that can only be deciphered by a certain number of people, maybe don't bring it to the one place that all those people are. Yeah, it's like good thing no one can read my like ultimate super weapon instructions. I'm gonna use it against all these people who know how to read these instructions and could take it from me at any moment by chanting. <laughs> cool, good job, Merrick. Good work. And mine's uh, like blah 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 whatever. I don't need a history yeah. lesson to play this freaking card game. What the hell are you guys talking about? In uh, which Mai is all of us and says, "Hurry it up!" <laughs> but Merrick is like, "No, let's slow it down some more." Pegasus God. needed a history lesson when he invented it. He didn't even know how to read uh, this ancient text when he created this card. So we he just flashback to Pegasus fawning over the stone tablets yeah. and such. It's very good. So Pegasus just straight up copied the ancient text right onto the card in ink that can only be seen when the card is played. Ah, what? yes. The ancient moon ink. <laughs> However the fuck that works. Okay. Yeah. Right. How? 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 Because... He invented this card. This mm-hmm. card was printed long before the dual disc was invented. 
Yeah, so it's, you co- can't even claim some technology bullshit of like, oh, it syncs to the dual disc, and like then the yeah. dual disc activates the ink. There's no, no like DRM on here. It's 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 a card with a fucking accelerometer in it. So when you place it face up, then the text shows up. <laughs> you have to smack it. <laughs> it's got a gyroscope. <laughs> How the fuck does that work? I don't know. This cartoons we that's are. the answer that's the answer that we've not been willing to say so far it's a cartoon jimmy <laughs> it's ancient runes that only shows up when you perceive it Ooh, magic anyway five minutes into this episode tyler and it God. is completely bonkers five minutes in and we finally get another card played in this duel that's definitely still happening uh my realizes that if she can't control the winged dragon of Ra, she doesn't want it to attack so she plays the gravity bind card which stops the attacks of powerful monsters in response yeah. merrick plays holding been, legs merrick has been taunting oh. her like so are you gonna chant or what because if you don't i'm gonna do it on my turn and gain control of the dragon of Ra. come on say it say it i dare you say it can't you just read it i can read it you want me to tell you what it says what a dick. Uh, Merrick plays holding legs, which is the counterpart of holding arms. Uh, it sends every magic and trap card, like Gravity Bind, back to the player's hand. Uh, when played alongside holding arms, it also summons the Sacred Stone of Ujat. Ujat. Uh, and it allows the uh, arms and legs to attack Mai's life points directly. So, of course, naturally, this being the cartoon that it is, the holding arms and holding legs grab Mai by the wrists and ankles and restrain her to the stone as though she is about to be blood-sacrificed. Tyler, there are a lot of women getting tied up in this episode. Have you noticed yes, this? I have. Uh, it seems that Merrick's whole deal is just restraining women <laughs> which is not good i feel like i don't need to point that out uh but it's super not great merrick is horny and he's here for some kinky shit is it is it that though i do, it doesn't read as that to me i mean maybe just because it's a kid's show and they would never like show that they would never show they would never intentionally show horniness on no. this television show but like but the animators, yeah. though. It's not friendly to women. <laughs> it's not. Which is troublesome for a variety a variety of reasons. It's a little icky. It's a little, yeah. Oh, I had uh, a question here. Huh? Why can't Mai just ask Yugi to come up and chant? She knows someone who is a literal ancient Egyptian, who is an actual pharaoh. She can just be like, hey, come up here and tell me what this says. You know, okay, I have I have a further question to that. But first I want to say, hey, friends, uh, if you're thinking about restraining a woman, ask if she's into that first. Um, <laughs> don't do it as part of your card game. Don't do it as part of your card game unless she's into that. And uh, ideally everyone else around you is into yeah, that. Get, get the consent of the room before engaging in any restraining card <laughs> games. Anyway, to your point, Jimmy, yes, she could ask Yugi. Do you remember where Yugi is right now? Like 20 feet to her right. Closer than that. He's in her fucking mind. Oh, yeah. Well, he left. Do you, he left? I think he did. Oh, that worked for nothing. <laughs> 
I was about to get really mad at Yugi. Hey, bud, you're in her eyeballs right now. You could do this. Yeah. And just like speak through her or something. Like that's not, that's, that's well within the range of your nonsense magical powers. Yeah. She, he could help her. And I think it's a plot hole that he doesn't. I, I agree. I agree. I, I think that's unforgivable. Hmm. Uh, this ancient the, text says drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> The holding arms and holding legs shock Mai, uh, dealing an electric shock that does direct damage to her life points. <sighs> it is now time for the part of the show where Merrick sings a, a silly, silly song. song. <laughs> uh, Merrick recites the chant, and I wrote down the chant. Oh, good, you did. I thought about it, but I... Couldn't be arsed too, so I'm glad you did. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink some water real quick. If you want to describe the scene, All right. because it's a pretty cool shot. Uh, so Mai is restrained to the stone of Ujot. Um, Mai is like, "Hey, I can't move. What kind of hologram is this?" And Merrick is like, "I never said this was a hologram." Uh, and so it's time to chant. Uh. Conveniently, it translates perfectly into English while still rhyming and still functioning t- as magic. Yeah, it's it's impressive. It's uh, it's uh, it's, it's got sort of a like Sabrina the Teenage Witch quality. Yeah, of like, are you sure that's a magic spell? <laughs> it, you know the first scene when in Harry Potter uh, when uh, Ron introduces himself to Harry and Hermione. And he, yeah, he yeah. has he tries the, to turn his rat yellow. Yeah, sunshine daisies butter mellow. Turn this stupid fat rat yellow. And that doesn't work it for doesn't some reason. It doesn't fucking work because that's not actual magic. That's what this sounds like. But I'll let you go ahead and Ooh, do your best. Fake chanting. Latin is real magic. All right, cool. Jk, whatever. Uh, all right, so here is here is the chant that Merrick recites, which I, I will attempt to do in Merrick's voice, insofar as much as my throat holds out. Great beast of the sky, please hear my cry. Transform myself from orb of light and bring me victory in this fight. Envelop the deserts with your glow and cast your rage upon my foe. Unlock your powers from deep within so that together we may win. Appear in this shadow game as I call your name, Winged Dragon of Ra. You know, the meter sort of falls it, off there at the end, but for the most part, it's pretty good. Yeah. It, it's, it's got sort of a rhyming couplet thing going on. It's bit. fun. It's fun. I've, I've heard better poems. I've written better poems. We've all heard better poems, Jimmy. <laughs> but n- none of our poems summoned a winged dragon. <laughs> none of my poems have summoned the winged dragon of Ra. Uh, uh, and summon he does. Wing Dragon of Ra appears on Merrick's side of the field. He unfolds from his ball. Playtime's over. Uh, Mecha Godzilla appears. Yeah, it looks like he's like Mecha Gigan. You know Gigan? That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just he's just a a a, a, a bit. He's he's a fat chicken, he's like you said chicken. earlier. Yeah. He's a robot. He's gold. He's a big robot. I'll give him that. He's a big robot chicken. He's a big robot chicken. Is that where they got the uh, the show name from? Is is Wing Dragon of Raw the inspiration for Robot Chicken? It is now. It is now. 
yeah, Merrick is uh, is loving this. He really enjoys just toying with people's minds. Uh, and he reveals, after this whole chant, that the tattoos he got when he took the oath of the Tomb Keeper uh, contain the secret to the Pharaoh's ultimate power. And instead of waiting to serve someone else, he decided that he would become the Pharaoh instead. He would become the king, is what he says, uh, and use that power for himself, which makes some kind of sense. Yeah. I guess. His whole family has been in a hole living underground for like 5,000 years. And he's the first one to be like, you know what? This sucks. <laughs> this Pharaoh isn't coming back. You know what they have outside? Flat screen TVs. <laughs> Food. Clothes there's a, there's that are a not yacht. made out have of you... rags and snakes. You heard of yachts? I'm going to get a yacht. <laughs> I'm going to get a yacht. I'm going to buy a hoodie. I am going to ride a motorcycle. I Goodbye. do what I want. I roll with ten gangs. <laughs> and Yugi's like, leave my alone. Your quarrel is with her, me, not her. And Merrick is like, yeah, but I'm having fun here. Yeah, let me let me toy with my food is sort of the tone that he has. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, at this point, he sort of continues to attack? I don't know, like, the, nothing really happens here. He's just like, haha, I summoned Ra, and you didn't. Yeah, and Yugi's uh, like, oh, come on, man, stop. America's like, no way, this is fun as hell, dude. I'm gonna do this to you, too. <laughs> then I'm gonna make the world bow before me. This is uh, rad, I love this. <laughs> this <Yeah>. feels good. <laughs> Winning is nice. I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> and uh <laughs> how's the song go i've never felt this way before and i swear this is true and i owe it all to you i mean he uh, really does though he does owe it all to you he kind of does he kind of does true uh he has wing dragon of raw prep for an attack I yeah, guess. yeah raw powers up its mouth laser where it's it like hyper like, beam it's got to take a, a turn it does though it takes like the, like half the episode in order to power up its freaking hyper beam. Yeah, we're at about 10 minutes in right now, and uh, we'll let you know when the laser actually fires. Yeah. Uh, and Joey's like, because they're, they're still in a duel, remind you, and everyone's still there. Joey's like, hey, ref, you gotta stop this. This is crazy world ending stuff. <laughs> and the referee is like, what can I do? It's kind of against the rules. It's just, it's against the rules to stop it. Sorry. I know this is world-ending stuff. I, I can't do anything, though. He, what is he's there, doing is I, legal. I, I, I'm sorry. So, okay, this is now the second time that somebody has used the rules, in scare quotes, as a reason for inaction. Just like is the Democrat there, Party, am I right, folks? Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> uh, is there a rule book for Yu-Gi-Oh! somewhere? Pardon me, Duel Monsters. Is there a rule book for Duel Monsters somewhere in the world? And in that rule book, is there fine print saying, oh, by the way, shadow games are magical games, and if you find yourself in one, just give up all hope because somebody's going to be using shadow powers to take your mind. I'm sure, and there's nothing you can do about I'm it. I'm sure Pegasus has that written somewhere. Like subsection D, article B, point, you know, 21.5, subsection alpha, right? Like deep, deep, deep in yeah. the fine print and dual monsters. It's in the terms and conditions, and no one's ever bothered to read it. Ah, there it is. The fucking Eula. Got him again. (laughs) So Joey jumps up onto the field, just barrels past the ref, jumps up on the field, breaks the rules, disqualifies himself, 
He runs up to Mai. Mai cannot see him. She's completely forgotten that a concept of Joey ever even existed. But she can hear his voice. Just barely. Just a little bit. The edges of her consciousness. And more than that, she knows that it is familiar to her. Uh, Joey grabs her face which makes me very uncomfortable uh because again hey, he's invisible <laughs> who's grabbing my face someone's here uh and he he all but like shouts at her about how they're good friends yep and he reveals that in the dream that he had after he was struck by lightning like three episodes ago, in the dream that he had where all of his friends helped him stand up, uh, Mai was in that dream after all. And he was lying last episode when he said that she wasn't because he is a teenage child that does not know how to process his emotions about members of the opposite gender. Yep. And so... so she remembers we get a flash. Him. Well, she remembers him, but we get a flashback to that dream, and I saved a screenshot of it for you, Jimmy. It's a different shot than the original dream. Oh yeah, they it is. Re- they reanimated the dream for this flashback, and they did Mai's eyes wrong. <laughs> Mai has uncomfortably large eyes in this shot, and I cannot describe them as anything but like Care Bear esque. She has extremely anime eyes here and like huge amounts of eyeliner. It's ter- like the rest of her face morphs around these eyes and it is terrifying to me for some reason. Uh, but yes, through all of that, my suddenly remembers Joey. Joey breaks 5,000 year old ancient Egyptian magic using the power of friendship. Ta-da! Ta-da. Yet again, not for the first time, right? This is this is uh, uh, the second time that Joey has broken ancient magic through the power of friendship. The first time being uh, in season one when uh, he and Tristan and Taya uh, used their friendship powers to give Yugi life force, life I guess. Energy. Friendship to energy. To let him sustain himself in the shadow realm uh in his duel against Pegasus. Power of friendship. Ta-da! Friendship Did symbol. It. The most friendship powerful symbol. sigil known to man is the, <laughs> the the smiley face on the back of the hand. <laughs> the ancient runes. <laughs> the ancient runes. Uh, uh yeah, so so Merrick does the whole and I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids. Meanwhile, Ra is still powering up its laser. Yep, still going. Five minutes later. Uh, Mai uh, begs Joey to leave, but he refuses. He's going to get her out of these, like, magical restraints and get her off the field. And right around the 15-minute mark, so a full a full five minutes of Ra powering up its lasers, uh, the laser fires, and a, a, a fireball, I guess, laser ball? appears? laser ball new from hasbro uh and it like slowly inches its way across the dueling arena (laughs) this laser travels at approximately 0.5 miles an hour 
It's like... It can be outrun by a child at, who's just walking normally, or like a breeze. Yeah, it's like weaponized molasses. <laughs> and so it gets closer and closer, and like Joey's trying to you know, undo the restraints, but they're magical cards, so like good luck with that, bud. Uh, and it's getting closer and closer, and finally, at the last possible second... Yugi bodily forces himself, you know, past the ref and leaps onto the field again, disqualifying himself uh, from the tournament. And uh, he gets in the way of the laser. And I guess I'd say he jumps in front of it, but he doesn't really jump. He just kind of strolls leisurely in front of the blast. He moseys on over (laughs) and positions himself in the way. And he uses his shadow powers to create a shield against Ra's attack. Uh, so he he takes the brunt of the hit on his back. He sort of like does almost like a crucifixion kind of scene yeah, where he's, he's like got his arms outstretched and he's screaming and screaming. And, and he does that for about and... 30 seconds. Yugi has Yeah, a... so I... No, go ahead. Yugi has a, a line here where he says, your dark shadow powers will never penetrate me. God, gross. <laughs> Not a good enough reason to use the word penetrate. No. Uh, so that happens for like 30 seconds where it's just like screaming and fire and screaming and fire. And Yugi collapses after taking the hit uh, and the, the laser sort of dissipates. Merrick demands, demands, I say, that the ref announces him as the winner. Uh, because he did the attack and that would have reduced my life points to zero, which, yeah, we didn't need it to physically hit my to see that that was the case. Like we know yeah. the card game has rules that like, that's, that's what happens. <laughs> that's how card games work. Also, couldn't Merrick have just like mind controlled the ref into declaring him the winner from the start? I guess, but I feel like that would like invalidate the duel by like the shadow rules because he has to like win the god cards fairly or like win the yeah wait he's just fighting against Mai he could have cheated the whole time she doesn't have any magical shit oh that's right yeah he gains nothing from (laughs) (laughs) uh so he he just wants to be an asshole that's what yeah speaking of he walks over and uses his powers to petrify Joey so that he can't interrupt duels anymore then he walks over to Mai to get his god card back. Uh, but in addition to that, because she lost the duel, he sends her to the Shadow Realm. Dun, dun, dun. Whoop. What? Was not expecting uh, that. Mai wakes up in a, like a pyramid-shaped hourglass. Yeah, she's in some kind of like prism. Like a like a glass, yeah, hourglass. Uh and she is suspended above a very pleasant-looking beach where her friends are there having fun without her. My shows up in Animal Crossing. Hey, there it is. <laughs> Tom Nook shows up and offers her a loan of a mere 30,000 bells. Uh, and uh, Merrick shows up and sort of explains, like, all right, here's the deal. Uh, this is hell. Welcome. I uh, hope you like it. Uh, made it specially for you. What's going to happen here is that you get to watch your friends having fun without you, and then you're going to slowly forget that they ever existed. Okay, say bye to Taya now. Bye, Taya. And we see like, or is it Joey? I don't know. One Somebody disappears. 
uh, as sand in the wind. And then Merrick pulls uh, a card. I think it's the God card. Probably. Uh, out from the middle of the hourglass and the sands of time begin to fall on Mai's head. That's grim. Yeah, it's pretty dark, bro. Uh, I really don't like this. Um, Merrick sort of just pieces out and my sits there in the hourglass uh looking and we cut at back the to... imaginary gang frolicking in the surf underneath her uh yeah. and bye see ya uh we cut back to the real world my collapses so her body is still in in the real world and merrick reveals to everyone that her mind is trapped in the place that we just saw in the shadow realm and everything is slowly being taken from her memory, which is pretty grim. And he mocks her for making the ultimate mistake in life, which is entering a card game tournament where he is also one of the participants. Yep. One of the classic blunders. <laughs> Didn't want your mind stuck in hell? Well, you shouldn't have played this card game for kids when you didn't know and, I exist. Uh, <laughs> he sort of like calmly just walks away kind of nonchalantly saunters off and uh sort of comments to himself how apparently each time he sends a mind to the shadow realm his own power increases so he he did get a little bit of something out of this after all yep and joey is like hey fight me irl and merrick says (laughs) try it and i'll trap your mind too bitch (laughs) (laughs) uh Uh, yeah so yugi wakes up he's fine after getting hit yep. by the most powerful god in existence in dual monsters. Uh, but he's fine now. It's all good. It's all good. It's all gravy. And uh, what else happens here? Uh, uh, oh, oh, Mokuba calls Kaiba and says, hey, I, I translated it. And there's more on there than just the chant. And he's working to decode it. Yep. And so Kaiba's like, all right, geeks, I know you just lost a friend and who is now in hell, but get the fuck off my field so I can duel next. It's my turn. <laughs> all right, every, everybody out of the water. Adult swim. <laughs> this is my card game tournament. Get out. And that's the end of the and, episode. Uh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Holy that's, shit. That's how it ends. <laughs> With Kaiba being like, all right, fuck that bullshit. Let's get back to card games. Uh, Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? My favorite part of this episode is that we have completely abandoned the conceit that this is a card game tournament with any meaningful rules. There is no yeah. card game here. It's just magical bullshit. Um, and the cards just happen to be there too. There's no... <laughs> right. The cards are, are set dressing at this point. Yeah. The cards are just kind of there. The, the real magic is in actual magic. Ma- you're you're telling me that magic is magic. Magic is magic. The cards are not. They're just kind of here. I see. <laughs> I see. Because previously on Yu-Gi-Oh! Previously we, we had seen... cards that have actual mus- uh, rules and right. a little bit of and magic those were the too. magic. Yeah. For, for a short period of time, friendship was magic. But now you mean to tell me... Just regular magic, magic is magic. <laughs> I see. Gotcha. Okay. All this other stuff is just unimportant. Yeah. There, yeah. there is nothing to this card game tournament. 
rules don't Which is kind exist. of freeing in a way. I was really worried so that it would freeing. just be like, all right, cool, we get a tournament, great. Yeah. Woohoo. Well, yep. What was your best? My best is that Merrick is just season zero Yugi at this point. Oh, for sure. He is he getting is just... what he wants using the powers of magic challenging fuckers to duels and if they lose well may, may god have mercy on their soul they they're they are forever broken people now because they crossed the wrong child <laughs> right you done messed with the wrong teenage boy you done messed with the wrong teenage boy uh how about the worst part of this episode for you I'm so mad that there's ink that can only be read once you play the card in a card game. <laughs> yeah, How does that? Up. I want to know more about this major plot point that just goes completely ignored. How the fuck does that work? Is uh, it text you know, magic? Yeah, I okay. Is it some trick here's... of like ink that is like quantum locked to being perceived by a conscious entity? <laughs> here's here's how I'm gonna spin it in a way that I could I can rationalize. You ready? Yeah. You know how Pegasus has the Millennium Eye. Uh huh. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole theory. <laughs> but even he wasn't able to see why kids love the great taste of cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> I mean, what? Right. Even he wasn't able to like decode this chant. No, no, no. He didn't have to decode it. He just had to write that shit down in a special it. ink that could only be perceived when the when there's yeah, magic fuck, around. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, so you're saying that, it's, it's invisible in a ink? Duel. But oh, okay. Here we go. The heart of the cards. The heart of the cards is an energy mm-hmm. that is all it around us, us it penetrates and us. within us, and it binds the universe together. When in a duel, you are tapping into the energy of the heart of the cards, and the heart of the cards affects the the statistics and probability involved in the Ludo narrative uh, 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 progression of the quote unquote duel. When quote unquote playing a quote unquote card. You are imbuing a small physical object with a small amount of the heart of the cards. Did Pegasus invent an ink that becomes visible when exposed to this energy? It's an visible ink that uh, activates not with heat, but with magic. But with but with heart juice. But with heart, heart, of, the, heart, juice, heart of the cards. Does Pegasus have access to the heart of the cards? I think everyone has access to the heart of the cards and to some degree, whether or not they are aware of that or able to manipulate that, I think is a different matter. Do you think the heart, there's a good heart of the cards and a bad heart of the cards? I mean, clearly there's, there's good shadow powers and bad shadow powers. I think we're just, we're talking about the same (laughs) side of the shadow powers and darker shadow powers. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't know. They could have, they could have gone. I I wanted to know more about that because that's such a bonkers thing to say, even for this show. I feel like that's something that they would put in like like after the credits, right? Of like Pegasus coming in and be like, 
hey kids, I bet you're wondering how I invented this ink that can only be seen. And, and then he does like a like a tutorial on how to make your own invisible ink. You're, you're saying that you want Pegasus to do the thing at the end of like Magic School Bus episodes where the conceit is like the people running the show explain to you, the viewer, how everything in the show is just magic and it's not actual science. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And here's a fun craft that you can do at home, but be sure to ask a parent or guardian for permission first. <laughs> and don't get this stuff in your eyes, it really hurts. <laughs> I should know, and then he reveals his, like, bloody missing eye. <laughs> this is what happened when I got lemon juice in my eye. <laughs> I would like that. What was that your would worst? Be good. Uh, I mean, my worst was just, man, we are real into tying women to things in this episode, huh? It's weird that it's happened it several sucked. times. It's weird that it happens once. It's double weird that it's happened more than once. It was not great. But I don't really want to go into detail on it. Just it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, uh, the less we think about that, the better. As I invite my partner Lauren into the studio, she's in the, she's in the studio. Quote, the, the st- I'm going to do more air quotes that the listeners can't see. The studio, you can hear that. Uh, I'm going to invite my partner Lauren to the microphone. Uh, as Jimmy, you tell me where you would like to put this episode on our graph of plot mechanics and card bullshit. Uh, card, card, card ga- mechanics, pardon me, and plot bullshit. Card game mechanics, the lowest possible score because minus five, w- minus five. There are no card game mechanics anymore. It's no, all just exist. magic. It's all chanting in ancient languages to activate this magic. There's there may as well not yeah. be cards at all. Plot relevance? I don't even know. I, maybe a three because it's not directly involving Yugi much. It's just right. Merrick being a, an asshole to Mai for like no reason other than that's how he gets his jollies. Right, yeah. Jollies being a strange word for it, but yeah. yes. Okay, so we've got a minus five, three. That's the first time we've had a, a bottom writer in a while. Yeah, it's it's been a while. We've been pretty good in card game mechanics during these last few. But yeah, now we've it's had, for the most part, a clean tournament. But that ends here. <laughs> that ends here and now. The, the gravy train has stopped. <laughs> All right, well, that brings us to the next part of our show. Well, we, where the the it's been a while. We bring in my beautiful partner Lauren to play a little game that I like to call Yu-Gi-Oh! Or not Yu-Gi-Oh! Or not. Hi, Lauren. Hi. Uh, Lauren, you are here as you are every episode to play a game where you determine whether something is a real Yu-Gi-Oh card or something that just happens to sound like one. This week, I have prepared a list of six cards for you. Wow. Three of which are original code names for video game consoles. What does that mean? So, uh, when... Like names that they went by while they were being developed? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So, uh, the video game industry, as you know, is very secretive. Mm -hmm. And while new consoles are in development, they will often go by fake names... Such as, if I can give an example that I yes. did not use here, oh, Project Dolphin. When, who is that? That was the original name of the, Jimmy, correct me if I'm wrong on this, the GameCube? Yep. 
Uh, Project Scorpio was the Xbox One X, I think. Maybe the Xbox One. Uh, that sort of caliber. Okay. Uh, so three of these things are original code names given to popular video game consoles, and three of them are real Yu-Gi-Oh cards. All right. And it's your job to determine which is which. Are Excellent. you ready? I maybe. <laughs> maybe. We've been doing a thing where we've been waking up earlier and then going to bed earlier as well. So it's like <laughs> well and truly our bedtime right yeah. now. We're a little sleepy. Sorry. Uh, but we'll give it our best. Just be I've like also... me and drink an entire glass of cold brew in the middle of the episode. Oh, there you go. Oh, at 9 p.m. <laughs> Jimmy, last um, episode you were drinking Kahlua. Are you mixing the two? Uh, not this time. Okay. <laughs> I have I've also... <laughs> I've also been taking a really intense um, cleaning course online, which is really fun and really interesting, but it's a lot of really specific chemistry a lot of which is a review but the guy just talks so fast and it goes through he'll be like oh and and this is solubility theory and everybody knows about this and and people know how to calculate these constants and he's like going through the slides really fast and so it's like oh 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 god okay so it's it's a lot you were showing me an app yesterday that was like oh yeah how to how to build a cleaning solution based on what you need well, to clean and what of, you're cleaning it off of? Well, th- yes and no. It's, I, it's a I lot more complicated than I'm that. sure it is. Anyway, sure it and is. it's also only aqueous cleaning-based solutions, so... I know what those words mean. Limited application for me personally, but anyway. Anyway, suffice it to say, you've been doing a lot of uh, chemistry. Chemistry. Lately. Well, not not actually, because I don't you've have been learning. access to that. You've been learning and Looking reviewing. at a lot of theoretical cleaning chemistry at the moment. And so, it makes you tired. So hopefully... It wears your brain out. Hopefully this will be less complicated. <laughs> if it's the same amount of complicated, I've done something wrong. Well, I do worse at this than I do at the chemistry, so I don't know what that tells you. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of reassuring because that, that means that you're going to graduate. <laughs> it means you're uh, in your brain for important stuff and not dumb bullshit like our show. <laughs> right. My brain is the opposite. I only have room for dumb bullshit right now. Uh, so... This week, my, you know, when I usually, when I go with my gut on these things and I don't think too hard about it, I do better. That's, you know, I think that's a lesson for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are you ready for me to read the card names? I guess. Yeah. Uh, And Jimmy. Yes. Jimmy. Think positively. uh, uh, If you want, Jimmy, you can look up the list that I have used for the code names. It's from FreshlyPoppedCulture.com. Wow. Uh, it's an article called Video Game Codenames, Ranked. Uh, so the six card names are card number one, Dot Matrix Game. Dot Matrix Game. Card number two, Twister. Twister. Card number three, Shocktopus. Shocktopus. Card number four, B-52 Rock Lobster. B-52 Rock Lobster. Card number five, Nimble Sunfish. Card number six, Virtual Utopia Experience. There we go. Those are our six cards. Lauren, it is now your turn to determine... Which is a real Yu-Gi-Oh card and which is a video game console code name? 
you know, when I sat down at the mic, I sneaked a little peek at your... You snuck a little puck? Yeah, at your screen here. And I saw Twister on there. Twister. And you know what I thought? I thought, well, he's done Yu-Gi-Oh cards versus like family board games because everyone's stuck at home with their family. And I was like, mm, joke's on him. I know that one. <laughs> That's not what it was. Yes, Got really Twister, Parcheesi, <laughs> and Monopoly. I summon shoots and ladders in attack position. <laughs> and I was going to be like, oh, if that's a Yu-Gi-Oh card, you've, you've, like, it was a trick question, but also you've, <laughs> you've broken the rules of your own game. I oh, anyway. activate, <laughs> I activate Don't Wake Daddy. <laughs> I play Park Avenue. I'm Wait. almost positive that there is a Yu-Gi-Oh card called Mousetrap. <laughs> is there Probably. a Yu-Gi-Oh card? With daddy in the title, now that you've said don't wake daddy. God, now I really don't uh, want to find <laughs> out. Let's find out. Um, See, this is what uh, happens. I don't do the thing I'm supposed to do, and I just go off on tangents. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Card Database by YGO Pro Deck. YGO Pro Deck, by the way, folks, it's uh, db.ygeoprodeck.com. An amazing, amazing resource. They have a full database of like 10,000 plus Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And they're the folks that make the open source version of the like digital Yu-Gi-Oh game. So if you want to be playing online with your friends right now, that is the like open source program to go with. Don't use dual links. Anyway, I'm going to use the search thing here and just search daddy real quick. Search by card. Christ. No relevant data found. No, no matching data for daddy. <laughs> There's a fan art opportunity for anyone listening. Oh, I'm that sure that's not... been done. I'm positive <laughs> that's been done. There is a character in the show called Grandpa. <laughs> oh. We've got Daddy covered. Granddaddy. We're like Granddaddy. Uh-huh. No, I heard you. I heard you the first time. God, can we please do the show? <laughs> All right, Lauren. Tell me from this list of cards, Dot Matrix, Twister, Shocktopus, B-52, Rock Lobster, Nimble Sunfish, Virtual Utopia Experience, which are cards and which are code names for video game consoles? <laughs> um, this is very important academic <laughs> work I put together. Uh, I Okay. I'm just going to go Do off it. the cuff. Shocktopus, I think, is Yu-Gi-Oh card because I can picture it. Okay. B-52, Rock Lobster, is that like the band? Like the B-52s. Um, I think that's a Yu-Gi-Oh card also. Okay. Nimble Sunfish, I think, is a game. A console. Okay. Um, Virtual Utopia Experience. Hmm. So I have one more Yu-Gi-Oh card and two more consoles here. I'm just going to say Virtual Utopia Experience is a console. Okay. Um... So now the remaining cards are Dot Matrix game and Twister. I think Twister's a console and Dot Matrix game is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. All right. Boom. Final answers? Was that a record? That was a record. That was pretty good. Well, I mean, except for all the daddy searching we did. <laughs> uh, that wasn't my fault. Yeah, you can't well, blame yeah, that on yeah, me. Yeah, you know. Uh, all right. Here we go. Starting from the top. Dot Matrix game. You said it was a Yu-Gi-Oh card. I did. 
It's a video game uh, console code name. That is the original start. code name for. Let me find it. My list here. Dot Matrix game. Uh, the Game Boy. The original oh. Game Boy was the Dot Matrix oh. game. Uh, card number two, Twister. You said was a game console. I'm sorry. It's a Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. card. It's a it's a tornado. <laughs> That's uh, the card. It's yeah. a tornado. <laughs> Shocktopus. You said it was a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Yeah. It is a Yu-Gi-Oh Yay. card. Shocktopus. B-52 Rock Lobster, you said it was a Yu-Gi-Oh card. I did. That's a video game console. Oh, B-52 Rock Lobster was, I think, the Amiga. Commodore, uh, the Commodore Amiga. Amiga 500. Wow. Yep. Uh, very, very popular console. You know, you, home would of think, ET. you would think that game console code name while they're developing it would like function as shorthand. So I don't understand why they picked such a long one. Well, okay, to be fair, with a game like the Commodore Amiga 500, B-52 Rock Lobster is technically shorter. (laughs) I guess. But I I do see where you're coming from there. I guess. That and they don't want people Uh, guessing what they're up to. Fair, fair. Mm -hmm. They really want to blue harvest that. Uh, Nimble Sunfish, you said it was a game console. Nimble Sunfish is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Aw. Lastly, Virtual Utopia Experience, you said it was a game console. It is a game console. Hey. That was the original code name for the Virtua Boy. Which I haven't heard of, actually. I don't know it's what that the exact Virtua opposite Boy? of a virtual yeah, utopia experience. Yeah, so so uh, back in... What year did Virtua Boy come out, Jimmy? It was the, the 80s. 80s. Back, in the, back in the 80s sometime, Nintendo decided, hey, you know what's going to be the next new thing? Virtual reality. Let's make a virtual reality oh, headset it by Nintendo. It was the 80s. It was when in was 1995. It? 95? Oh. Really? Was that late? Yeah. Huh. So in the 90s, even worse, uh, Nintendo said, hey, let's make a VR headset. Why is that worse? Because well, the technology was nowhere near being good enough to do a VR headset. Yeah, but you'd think the 80s would be worse then because it would have been even further before yes, the technology. It, in the 90s, we had an edgy aesthetic. Okay. Uh, and so Nintendo decided, hey, you know what would be a good idea? We, we have limited color spectrum to work from here. We can really right. only fit one color in this console. Uh, let's make it red. Great. Because everyone wants to be surrounded by a bunch of red all the time. Yep. And they made... So you feel really calm. They made a headset that only displays red in like Ugh. two-bit graphics uh, Sounds awful. And you also can't strap it to your head and look around like you can in virtual reality today. Yeah. It sits on a tripod and you lean forward and put your oh eyes on it. Oh my God. <laughs> it was shitty by almost every respect. Uh, supposedly, there is a Waluigi game for <laughs> Virtual Boy. Am I remembering that correctly? I don't think or so. Or is it a Wario game? Probably a Wario game. It's a Wario game, I think. Anyway. That's Virtual Boy. But all the games are like deep, gross red. Yeah. It's so eye-bleedingly red. So, Lauren, not your best performance, but you nope. did get two of the six correct. So, still respectable. Woo. You did it. 33%. You know what? That's nothing to sneeze at. Well, it's failing by every metric. Also, I do kind of have to sneeze. <laughs> Uh, do you want to join us for the next part of the show? Yeah. Let's move on to the next part of the show. It's time for the monster bracket. 
Every week on the show, we take two monsters from season two and pit them against each other until we end in the ultimate Battle City champion. This week, because we talked about two episodes of the television series, Yu-Gi-Oh!, we are going to be talking about uh, four monsters, I guess. We're going to do two battles of two monsters, starting with our first matchup, Celtic Guardian versus Zira the Mant. Celtic Guardian, you all remember the classic uh, Link from Legend of Zelda, motherfucker. He's a level four mm-hmm. uh, warrior monster, 1400 attack, 1200 defense. Zero the Mance, our boy. Oh, God. Uh, big uh, skeletal, as they would say here, uh, gentlemen. They with would a, say that. With our a good big, skeleton uh, friend. Cape. With his purple Zero's? cape and his skull cod piece. Oh, yeah. Yep. Zero's body makes a square. Zero's body does make a square. He's he's thick, as the youths would say. Uh, level eight fiend ritual monster, twenty eight hundred attack, twenty three hundred defense. Let's hear. Wait, go back, uh-huh. Jimmy. Is that you in the selfie? What? No. <laughs> oh, the one selfie for Zero the man does kind of look like that he's got the same glasses. That doesn't look like me. It's only like a corner of look, this person's face. It doesn't look tremendously like you. No, but, but I'm also sitting like two feet away from the screen. That's what I was about to say. If you squint a little bit and you're just looking at it for a second, you could be like, is that Jimmy? That, no, okay. I have to be making this face. Yeah, this sort of half <laughs> smile as I <laughs> hold up my dual And be covering most of your face with your arm, right. too, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a, a very happy looking person holding up a Zero the Mant as well as a dual disc and many other cards. Uh... Let's hear some opening arguments for or against Celtic Guardian. I do think he looks cool. I think his armor is cool. Um, I like his outfit and like all his like armor and stuff. His hat is dumb. I don't know what those wings are doing on it. They look like axe blades. He has axe blades they sticking do. out the sides of his head. His hat ate an axe, and axe cop style rules apply, so it becomes axe hat. He does look like, like his art style reminds me of how someone would like draw a cool person if they were in like high school and just getting into deviant art. I am positive that there is a sketchbook of mine somewhere on the face of this planet, somewhere in God's green earth that has a drawing of mine that looks exactly like this. I think I've seen it. I'm I'm positive that this is the kind of art that I drew in, in middle school and high school. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, how do you feel about Celtic Guardian? Um, well, I'll tell you what I don't like about him. Please. He's just Link. <laughs> he is literally just right. Link. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, point two in against him. Um, what is Celtic about him? Nothing. Great question. Nothing green. is Celtic about <laughs> He's him. wearing green. 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 Um, and point three is why. Why? Why yeah. what? I don't know. Why is he called Celtic Guardian? Why is his hat dumb? <laughs> What's he reaching for? Why doesn't he have any weapons? I don't know. He's got a sword, but it's completely out of the card out. You can't see yeah. it. You can see part why? of the hilt in the shot. Why does he have purple triangles on his face? I don't know. This is war paint. I just don't get him. I just don't get it. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I have some thoughts about Celtic Guardian. I have two thoughts. Allow me to list them in numerical order. Thought number one. <laughs> uh, 
the thing that I love most about Celtic Guardian is that he has the same wow, haircut as that lady from D Antward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the second thing that I like is that uh, he keeps the uh, the tags from all of the dogs he has ever owned. Or killed. <laughs> Whoa, okay, that got oh, yeah. dark. Jesus. Maybe he Lauren. kills dogs. He's a warrior. But he That's true. Like he's he is, got... But he's a dog Literally tag. Literally says he's a, warrior. But he's a guardian, though. Well. Like a like dogs. He mm. would get along with dogs, I think. They're guardians. He would jingle with every step he took. That's kind of the <laughs> other thing. You can hear him coming for a he's variety of reasons. He's also wearing his own dog tag. Yes, he has a collar, his collar with his dog tag, like <laughs> military style. And then on his breastplate are more dog tags hanging uh, as some sort of an adornment. And I didn't really pay attention to those until just now. Uh, but now I want to like go in and write like fluffy on one of them. Cool belt, though. Cool belt, though. He does look like he has like a teeny tiny fanny pack in the front. Like it's just a little (laughs) pouch. Just a little, you know, all you really need is just a teeny little pouch. So you can keep one cheese stick for later. (laughs) Did you know in England, they, uh, fanny is a slang term for a vagina. And so they don't, they really get surprised when you call something a fanny pack. Yeah, they're bum bags here. (laughs) They're bum bags. Which means essentially the same sure, thing, yeah. but they just get this really shocked look on their face because it's like a it's it's a very impolite word. That's funny. It's like almost them, a swear. I'm gonna start calling them ass sacks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the card text on Celtic Guardian. Uh, I'm trying to remember now. Let me pull this up. Uh, the card text says, "An elf who learned to wield a sword. He baffles enemies." With lightning swift attacks. So he's Link. So he's Link. <laughs> Literally nothing mm. about him that is Celtic. It sounds like we're he's supposed to be what? surprised that an elf would learn to wield a sword. Like that's the elves awful but, thing about Elves him. are but we peaceful folk. An elf who learned to wield a sword? The devil you well, say. I never. Uh, let's talk now about Zier the Mant. Zier the Mant, how do we feel? Badass. I like Zero the Man. Super cool. I look at him. He glows in the dark. He does kind of glow in the dark. He's got that <laughs> got that luminescent yeah. glow to him. Uh, this, this guy would be awesome in a rave under a black yeah. light. Yes. He Can't would be glowing in cosmic bowling. <laughs> <laughs> Nighttime bowling with Zero the Man. Man, did you ever go cosmic roller skating? As a kid, did you ever go to like Skate World or anything? No. And they had no. like, <laughs> really? Oh man, Maybe this is like the coolest times. thing to do. What? Maybe one or two times as a kid. Oh man, we used to do it all the time. Place. And they would have cosmic skate where they would basically like cosmic bowling. They'd turn all the lights off and they'd have like flashing lights or whatever. And you could bring in your light up rollerblades and your clothing and they'd have uv lights on everything i have been wanting for years to go to that uh like glow in the dark mini golf place oh that place is fun the underground pirate themed one yeah yeah that that place is fun it's in the uh, basement of a hotel in portland oregon zero the mant would fit right in 
He's kind of pretty. He's got a cloak. He's got skulls. Only problem. Cool cloak. With the rollerblading thing anyway. Big ass feet. Big ass feet. He can't rollerblade. Mm. Also, he can't go bowling. He would need help with that. That's true. Can't get his claws uh, in the little holes. He'd need to use one of those little ramps. Mm. (laughs) Poor Zero the Mand. He's still cool, though. Still cool, though. Zero the Mand, the card text on him says, this card can only be summoned, pardon me, can only be ritual summoned with the ritual spell Zero Ritual. (laughs) I would never have guessed that. So to get the Zero, you got to do the Zero Ritual. We did, I think in a previous episode sometime, we did a whole thing about the Zira cards and like the lore there. It's strange. It's basically just like the hero's journey. There's a like warrior of Zira card that goes to all these different places and like Zira the Mant is some like evil deity that's always lurking in the distance and then the bad guys ritual summon it. There's a whole story. Cool. Yeah. We looked up one time, didn't we? But I don't remember. What's a mant? That question is unanswered. It's nothing, right? <laughs> it's not A mant, mant is... It's like his title, I guess. Like Grand Moth. Yeah. The, the... Oh, but it's not... He's not a mant. Like, there's no, no. not a species of mant. Maybe he is. Like, the creature is called a mant. Yeah, he is... He is... Oh, God. I'm trying to remember now. If I remember correctly... This is Zira, the embodiment of the spirit of Zira, but the Mant version of it. And Mant apparently means evil. So this is like could have just said that. This is like the the could have just said Zira the evil. You could have, you could have, but why make it obvious? Hmm. Uh, this is the... I mean, besides uh, the fact that he is like a skeletal dragon with a skull as a codpiece, you can't really guess that he's evil. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whose skull is it? That's what I want to know. That's his actual face, and the rest is just like an <laughs> orca's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, that would give him uh, a couple of disadvantages in combat, you would think, but... He seems to be doing pretty well. And yeah. just in daily life. Just in daily life. I think I've mentioned this before, but I can't read the card name without singing it to Return of the Mac. It's Sierra the Man. Lauren and I both just did a little dance uh, for the podcast <laughs> listeners who couldn't see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how do we feel? Zero the Man versus Celtic Guardian. I feel like I know which way this is going. I feel guilty for liking Zero the Mant so much. It's like when you have a favorite toy and it would make the others jealous. (laughs) Oh, I see. Celtic Guardian has many other fine qualities. I mean, you say that, but that's literally one of the reasons we didn't get a second dog. So, (laughs) yeah, but Pepper is actually conscious, unlike a Beanie Baby. Yeah. Fair, fair, true. Yes. No, we didn't get a we didn't get a second dog, a dog because I was jealous that Pepper would spend more time with the other dog. Than oh. Me. I don't think Pepper would choose to do that personally. <laughs> I couldn't take that chance. Pepper is a baby, and he is a mama's boy. <laughs> he is. So zero the man then. Yeah, zero the man. Sorry, Celtic Guardian, Guardian stands. <sighs> 
I'm not. Celtic Sorry. Guardian. All right. Celtic Guardian. Here's the thing about Celtic Guardian. Celtic Guardian is fine. Celtic Guardian is iconic. When you summon Celtic Guardian, Celtic Guardian goes, <laughs> <laughs> They They do that just, make beastly roars. You know, it just, I can only take so much of that. What are you going to be afraid of in battle if one of them actually shows up? Which one are you going to be more afraid of? Zero the Mant. Zero the Mant. Yeah, exactly. And he's All stronger. Right. That's why he should win. Well, All right. congratulations, Zero the Man. You have moved on to the semifinals. Wow, hey. we're really getting up there. Good job, buddy. Good job, Zero the Man. Celtic Guardian, uh, good hustle. Good hu- Celtic Guardian, you did a good job. This is a, a fine season for you, uh, and we'll we'll see you again next season. Uh, the next matchup may go a little bit faster. Uh, we have two cards here. It, that could not be more different from each other. The next matchup is Blue Eyes White Dragon versus Cyberjar. <laughs> Blue Eyes White Dragon, everyone's favorite light dragon monster, 3,000 attack, 2,500 defense. Cyberjar, everyone's least favorite cyber <laughs> and jar. Uh, level three rock effect monster with 900 attack and defense. Um,. Yeah, where to begin? I will Let's say, start with, out of the yeah. two of these, only one is forbidden from being played. Wait, which one is that? Cyberjar. Really? The first thing that shows up when you click on Cyberjar is that a giant red thing under the card text just says forbidden. You're not forbidden. allowed to play this in tournaments. Why? Uh, let's find out. Okay, so Cyberjar. Let's start with the card text here for the Drama. forbidden note. Card text says flip. Uh, which means that you start by playing this card face down, and then on your next turn, you can flip it face up to activate it. Uh, destroy all monsters in the field, then both players reveal the top five cards from their decks, then special summon all revealed level four or lower monsters in face-up attack position or face-down defense position. Also, add any remaining cards to their hand. And then in parentheses, it says, if either player has less than five cards in their deck, reveal as many as possible. So that's probably why it's forbidden. A lot of the card drawing mechanics have been forbidden uh, in modern Yu-Gi-Oh! So things like Pot of Greed, um, Graceful Charity that we saw in the episode today, uh, those sorts of things that are like, redraw your hand. They just don't fly anymore for whatever reason. Cyberjar is the equivalent of taking the entire table and just kind of flipping it over you want monsters here you go take them <laughs> let's see take what them. happens i don't even care anymore yeah it's just pure chaos yeah isn't it? yeah it's just it could a... turn out it could turn out really poorly for you the person who played it as well oh yeah oh, you could sure. have a handful of just shit yeah. or you could have a handful of high level monsters that you can't do anything with if you're right. in a bad place it's just kind of like a hail mary to see what happens right there are probably ways that you could play it smart. Like, I'm probably just not thinking of certain strategies, but yeah. Uh, the two characters listed as being associated with Cyberjar are Yami Yugi and Bandit Keith, famous American duelist. <laughs> Our good bud, Bandit Keith. I wonder what that guy's uh, up to. God, probably not much. I mean, last we saw him, he was being mind controlled and then he electrocuted himself by falling into a light board. <laughs> wow. Uh, Maybe he's in rehab. I hope so. I hope he's okay. Uh, first opinions on Cyberjar. Lauren, what do you think? I like it. What What do you like about it specifically? I don't know. It's weird. 
It is weird. It is it's got weird. a weird face. It does. I do like how weird it is. I've mentioned this Me before, too. but it is. It looks just like my favorite attack pack toys from <laughs> McDonald's Happy Meals. Yes, um, this was the card that led to my my sudden remembrance of attack pack. <laughs> it looks weird in a good way. Like it's clearly just mm-hmm. based off of another jar, and this is like the cyber version of it, which is kind of funny. A couple of things. Yes. Well, how big is it? That's a great question. Uh, it looks like a satellite flying through space. I don't remember With a really enormous yet. screw on one side. So it's tiny. I think it's, it's actually fairly small because it is played at one point, and I'm trying to remember when. I think it was like this big or so, wasn't it? Oh, okay. So it's not... Because it looks... And I think this is why you're asking the question... Without context, you could look at this thing and be like, oh, that's a space station. Yeah, yeah. it looks like a space station. Because it's, it's floating in space huge. and it's got antennae and you know that sort of thing. There's no context for how big it is. Right. The second thing, does it actually, could you actually classify it as a jar? That's a good question. One end would have to open. One end has to open, presumably the end with the face. I also think of a jar, I don't know, I could be wrong, but if we were to look up the definition of what a jar is, maybe I should do that. the door just slightly open. Thank you. But like, you think of them as ceramic or glass, I suppose you can have a metal jar. Well, it's based off of morphing jar. Have we shown you morphing jar? I don't think so. Do you have a picture of Morphing Jar ready to go, Jimmy? Yeah. Morphing Jar, I mean, Lauren, you're right. Morf- the, the card, this is a cyber version of an existing card, like mm-hmm. Jimmy said. Oh, this okay. is the original, is Morphing Jar, and it is a ceramic jar that appears to have some sort of a cyclopean creature inside. And this is just the cyber version thereof. Yep, it's a robot version of, like, just some kind of creepy jar imp. either. Well, we're seeing it head on. From the top, like from top down? Yeah. But there's a mm. whole series of jar cards. I don't know. I've worked one. with a lot of jars. You are My the time. jar expert here. <laughs> this doesn't feel like a jar. Oh, yeah. Here's jar number two. Morphing jar number two. Slightly more jar-like. A little bit more jarring. Yeah. <laughs> hey. hey. Uh, but yeah, so cyber jar doesn't especially feel jarry. Yeah, everything I'm looking up says a glass or clay container. So I would argue that metal container is not a jar. Would it be more fitting if this was called cyber can? Cyber yeah. pot? Cy- cyber pot. Cyber pot. That's the drug of the future. Hey. <laughs> I know. Uh, Jimmy, how, how do you feel about cyber jar? I like it. It looks weird. Um... But we need mm-hmm. to talk about this other card that we have here, yeah. which is of critical importance to yeah. the game and the show. Yeah, but but you but you can't just pass it forward just because it's just because it's blue eyes white dragon. No. All right, all right. Well, let's let's get into it. Maybe you can be the, the it has voice to have of a clear here. advantage. Blue eyes white dragon. Let's Jimmy Jimmy tell me what your initial thoughts on blue eyes white dragon are, and then Lauren let's let's hear your. Mm. rebuttal i feel like this is the worst <laughs> card art they could have put forward for blue eyes white yeah. dragon because it looks kind of scared 
It yeah, looks like a default... baby bird that you just surprised in its nest. <laughs> right. Uh, and I should point out, so we are looking at Yu-Gi-Oh.com, uh, and the default card art is not the way that Blue Eyes White Dragon appears in the television series. There is additional card art listed, and that gives you uh, sort of the the Blue Eyes White Dragon that we all know and love. The default Blue Eyes White Dragon is what you're talking about. Yes. Doesn't it look like a baby bird? It does. It looks like it looks going... Like... It looks like your friend who just got an airbrush machine wants to try it out. Hey man, it does can I... yeah? It looks like it's painted on the side of a van. Yeah, yeah. The all the other card art for this is way cooler, and it makes me mad that this is like the original one they went with. Yeah, this is you know... the fat Pikachu version of regular Pikachu <laughs> from the. Yes, original that's exactly cards. what it is. There's, I'm looking at some of the other card art. There are t- two pieces of alternate card art that are the same blue eyes, white dragon, like same position and everything. But one is in front of a uh, floating, you know, one of those ancient Egyptian tablets. And then the other is uh, in orbit around the earth. <laughs> and it has a lens flare. Well, of course it has a lens flare, Jimmy. Come on. Uh, there's a bunch of it in space. There's three more of it in space. Here's one where it's like on top of a cathedral where it's like screaming and it looks awesome. No, oh, I don't see that one. It's like, the- oh, no, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Cool. That's pretty good. That's the best one. It's like a crescent moon in the back. Mm-hmm. It's kind of blue eyes silver dragon, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Also, I don't see any of them where its eyes are actually blue. Uh, no, it's got blue eyes in the I default guess kinda. blue. I guess kind of. Kind of the same color as the rest of it. Blue eyes, white dragon, uh, I think... It's main really... strength, it's advantage, yeah. as you put, Lauren, is how fucking mm. powerful it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. 3,000 for, attack. For yeah. early Yu-Gi-Oh, certainly season one, and and continuing a bit into season two, although we do start to see more powerful cards with like the Egyptian god cards... It was, for the longest time, sort of the be-all, end-all of, like, here's what a powerful card looks like. And that's why Kaibo was such, like, a wonderkind, was he realized that and was like, all right, well, all these are mine now. So that's the card that Grandpa, quote-unquote, dies for early on. He yep. doesn't die for Yeah, he, he doesn't die. He, he does uh, have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He does. But yeah, he so- is hospitalized for this card. So Grandpa, Yugi's Grandpa, does have a Blue-Eyes White Dragon, mm-hmm. uh, and Kaiba wants it because it's the only Blue-Eyes White Dragon that Kaiba himself does not have, so he challenges Grandpa to a duel that is so intense that Grandpa is hospitalized. Yep. Cool. You can listen to our thoughts in episode one of You Activated My Podcast, <laughs> a weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we were in a podcast spiral. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, I, you know, the the thing that I like about Blue Eyes White Dragon over Cyber Jar, especially, is something that I was saying earlier on in the episode when Jimmy and I, uh, we were talking about Amazon Chainmaster. Uh, the thing that I didn't like about seeing Amazon Chainmaster in the cartoon compared to her card art is that in the card art, Amazon Chainmaster is at least dynamic. In the show, Amazon Chainmaster doesn't really do anything, and it's kind of boring to watch. It's the opposite. Blue here. Eyes White... 
Yeah, Blue Eyes White Dragon, I think, has a lot of dynamism to it. Even in this like relatively boring card art, you can be like, oh, look at that. That is a powerful monster compared to everything else. And then as the series has gone on, we see more sort of forms of Blue Eyes White Dragon, and it continues to be this sort of like classic that is able to change a bit with the times. Yeah. Blue Eyes is the Charizard of dual monsters. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, to an extent, like, okay, fine. This is just the default card or whatever, right? Like, this is the one Yu-Gi-Oh card that everyone knows. But especially as I compare it to other Yu-Gi-Oh cards, there does seem to be a reason for that. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, Cyberjar's attack and defense are not anything to sneeze at. Right. If we if we take this completely just numbers alone, right, and just ignore everything else, take all of our biases out of it, Blue Eyes White Dragon would wipe the fucking floor with Cyberjar. Blue Eyes White Dragon could take yeah. out three Cyberjars. Easily. Well, there you have it. So there we go. Jimmy, Is I'm going to call this are one. Are you calling it for Blue Eyes? I think Blue Eyes has got to go forward. Blue Eyes is I truly iconic in and out of game. I I do think that it's possible that Blue Eyes White Dragon will not win this one, but I would I would be remiss if I didn't say that Blue Eyes White Dragon should beat Cyberjar, right? Yeah, it needs a fighting chance. Yeah. And Cyberjar is cool, but sure. just like its own card effect, uh it could go either way. And in this case, it is not victorious. Yeah. I mean, of course, Cyberjar is cool. Cyberjar got to the quarterfinals. Yeah. It has a cool effect. It looks goofy and weird. It's a card that can only exist in Yu-Gi-Oh. That is very true. Yeah. This is really, this is it's like not a space something satellite you see in Magic. made to look like, uh, like an imp inside of a pot. Yeah, well, and like, where where else are you going to see that kind of continuity between cards, right? Where you start with an imp inside of a pot, and then you get to this weird satellite-looking motherfucker. Yeah. Only in Yu-Gi-Oh, baby. Hey, forget about it. Don't forget about it. All Cyber right, Jar. friends. It's a good card. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. Hey, I have a question. Okay. You used to do what people could spend their time doing instead of watching a we did. We used, to, we used to do recommendations. Do you have a recommendation? Well, I, I just want to know what happened to that. Oh, we stopped doing uh, it because it was really stretching out how long our episodes are. And they're already uh, like two and a half hours long. <laughs> he said two and a half Fair. hours into the recording. Fair. Uh yeah, and and largely we just ran out of ideas. We just kept saying the same shit. <laughs> gotcha. Um but do do you have a recommendation of something you can do other than watching Yu-Gi-Oh? Oh no. <laughs> okay. Watching Yu-Gi-Oh is the only thing you can do. You can find <laughs> it on YouTube and on Hulu. Uh and at Yu-Gi-Oh.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YamPod. You can go to our website, heartofthe.cards. That's where you can see the monster bracket and uh, the Yugi or Not simulator. Uh, if you... 
like to oh, talk that's to tomatoes. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, the other thing I say at the end of the episode is if you're the kind of person who likes to support podcasts monetarily, do not support this one. We do the show for free for a variety of reasons, but largely so you can spend that money places where it can go to use this month, especially please find ways to support the uh, necessary workers near you. Um, yes, they are heroes. Yes, we should applaud them, but also they need financial support because they probably don't really have a choice other than to be, uh, amazing superheroes who put their lives on the line. So if you can donate to, uh, charities near you who are helping, uh, uh, food banks, especially like food, yeah, food banks. Um, or if you just happen to know people who are essential workers right now, find ways to like cook for them or, I don't really know what the best practice is there, but find figure out what they need and find ways to get it to them safely. Yeah. Reach out and don't touch somebody. <laughs> don't reach out. Stay distant. <laughs> Stay six feet away. <laughs> Be like Yugi and reach out with your mind. There we go. Use your shadow powers to help somebody. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Lauren and I also make a podcast called Egg Centric. That's egg hyphen centric. It's all about eggs. You can find that at podcast about egg or wherever fine podcasts are sold. All about egg. Uh, next week on the show, we're going to be talking about a duel with destiny part one. That's a two parter. That's a two parter right there. All right. So we're talking about part one. Uh, until next time. Your dark shadow powers will never penetrate me.